What's up, guys? How's your motherfucking day going? Oh, I shouldn't have cussed right off the bat. How's your day going? I am Thomas Dopaziola, whatever you want to call me. Welcome back to the Dope As Usual podcast. We're here to talk about life, problems, drugs, accomplishments, and everything in between. Today's guest is someone you've been asking for nonstop, even though they're here all the time, but we figured it out. Marty O'Neill, Drastic <laughs> Graphics. What's up? What's up? Boy? What's up? Guys, uh, we finally figured it out. All the comments, have Marty as a guest, but he is on the show. Now I understand. Uh-huh. At the table is completely different. We figured out how he can run the tape, run the show with one hand. Yeah. And then focus on the yeah, camera yeah. over here. So here we go, guys. Um, what's up, Marty? Man, shit, we've been running around all day, making moves, took us, man. We've been doing a lot like of stuff. We just came and sat down and shit. I know. We we've been, we've been together for five days. Sweat five, five hours already. <laughs> we've been doing a bunch of stuff today, manufacturing, a bunch of weird, fun stuff, behind the scenes stuff. So. You have no idea what I'm going to ask you. I have no notes, and I'm uh-huh. just going to start. Everyone knows where you're from. You're from Buffalo. This episode, guys, is going to be a little different because I don't want to ask you everything because we still have years of the podcast left. Uh-huh. I want to. I want to. I'm going to do this and just skip Pick scenes. Yep, because I know certain things you've told me we've never elaborated on. Ready? Where are you from, Marty? South Buffalo, New York. South Buffalo, New York. <laughs> so I was growing up yeah, in yeah. the early 90s of Buffalo. It was fucking awesome. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, it was great. What the fuck? All our conversations? <laughs> Wait, what do, you, what do you mean nah, it was tight? I mean, yeah, from my childhood, like I always say, oh, my yeah, shit your childhood was, was cool. I love, yeah. my childhood was great. Compared to like all my friends I ended up growing up with, like that's the one thing I always noticed. Like from zero to 15 on those formative years, it was peaceful in my life, like. It was simple. It was like I said, me kicking a fucking ball around by myself. Like only child. The eighties. Like it was just old school. Yeah. Like roaming around the neighborhood and shit. It was wholesome. It was simple. You know, I didn't have compared to what other kids go through at that young age. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things, I had it very, very, yeah, the, very good. The homeward bound childhood. Like just the nice I have animals and, you know, my mom and dad are together. It's like some Sandlot shit. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I always watch the Sandlot like, wow, these guys have a house in their own room and they play baseball and eat hot dogs on Uh 4th of July. Yeah. What? Like, I it it, was simple. Like, my parents were hippies, though, like, prior to that. They were a little bit older when they had me. Your dad was a hippie. Full-blown. Full-blown hippie. Yes. Your mom also? Yes. I didn't know that about your mom. Yeah, yeah. Full- Full blown, full blown hippies, yeah. But my dad was like a musician too, so it was even like part so he's of it business was, hippie. Mm, he didn't have a business side to him whatsoever. Oh. He was a musician. What did he do for work? Musician. He taught guitar and he gigged out. Oh, that's why he had the studio upstairs. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's a hit and miss with checks. He was consistent. He's he's a legend. He's in the after he passed, I accepted his induction to the Buffalo Music Hall of Fame. You didn't so, tell me that. Yeah, it was a big deal. He was, oh, wow, I didn't know like that. A, yeah, his his circle is like, you know, in the music scene, like legendary. No shit? Yeah. What'd your dad just play the guitar, right? Yep, and he sang. But he was in a couple big bands. Like, the night I was born, he was gigging out. The really? night I was born. And you keep saying gigging out in the Bay, that means you're on ecstasy dancing. <laughs> well, so that's why I'm like, uh, uh what do you no, mean no, he's no. gigging out? <laughs> no, in the 80s, that shit meant you're playing at a bar. You know, he's- Really? Yeah. I didn't know that, man. Mm-hmm. I did- out of all the times you talked about your dad, you never, I never know that. Yeah, yeah. Like, they he was were that badass. Mm-hmm. They were giving updates at the bar as, like, 
while I was being being born. boys. <laughs> like, how is he a boy? Yeah, exactly. Shit. So I would have people, <laughs> random people in Buffalo, come up to me like, "I was You're there the boy." The night you were born. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool, man. Yeah, yeah. So now I see why he's like. Oh, you're a rapper. Mm-hmm. I get it. He was just like, follow my footsteps more. He probably would have appreciated that. I get it. Everybody has their own path. I understand. Also, if he wasn't pushing music on you at a young age before you started liking rap, that's his fault. He was. He was. He were was. you were you absorbing it? No. No, you didn't like like. Not really. I mean, I remember him trying to teach me music to, and shit. Not so much. Like. I had I had all the shit you talking about. I had the uh, Paul Simon vinyl, the Beatles vinyl laying around. I remember all that, like that five shit. six years old. But I mean, I loved it. It was cool. But then I remember the first time I ever heard it. Can nobody take my pride? Uh, the Puffy version. As yeah. soon as I heard that, it was over. I was obsessed. Really? Yeah, I was like seven, eight years old. Puffy, Mace, Biggie. Who are you hanging out with as a kid? There's like regular kids around your neighborhood. Yeah, kids I played, you know, neighborhood kids, sports kids. Were they influencing your music too? No, I was, it had, they had, my friends and my music had completely, we moved around a lot too. So by the time I was, uh, I don't know, six, we lived in a bunch of different places. So I had like different friends, but my friends weren't really super tied into like my music Mm -hmm. until I was telling you, like my brother got adopted. He was, I was like 11, he was like nine. And then we were both as equally obsessed with hip hop. So you're around seven or eight, you discover hip-hop. You're an only child. Your mom and dad are hippies, and then they adopt your brother. Well, my, my aunt and uncle did. So your aunt, your mom, your dad's sister yeah. adopted some kid. Mm-hmm. And then eventually when he was like, oh, we can't handle this kid, you adopted No, him. no, no. Right away, they just kind of paired us up off the bat. Oh, so, and eventually just like, you guys take care of him. He loves Marty. Well, they kept having, it didn't necessarily go smoothly. Oh. You know, after years, they were having fallen outs, and he ended up just kind of living at my house for a long time. At what age? He was in high school still, so probably like he was probably fifteen. You're seventeen ish. Yeah. When you guys are just every day together. Yeah. The whole time we were every day together, because as soon as he moved in, even like I would just live at his house the whole summer. I'd be at his house the whole summer. I'd be doing summer school there. I worked downtown. I was like, I, we had Delaware Park right there. Like I was telling you about, directly oh, next door. We used to walk there every brother. day. Yeah. No. Like we people looked at us weird because we really called each other brothers. Like we, we would introduce each other like that, but it was like on some white man can't jump shit. Like yeah, brothers. People wouldn't understand, like but the, the people that kid knew in the world me, over here. Yeah, people that knew knew me knew what it was. Like they yeah. all respected that. Even my whole school understood because, like I said, my uncle that was his like foster father was my basketball coach. So that even tied it in even deeper. He'd send us to basketball camp. He played basketball shit. too. My uh, brother. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hunt, you know, light, light, light. Yeah. So you're the basketball. So kid. yeah, I, I was obsessed. Yeah. So we'd be at basketball camp all day. We'd be at Delaware Park all day. And then at night, it's us out on the lowered rim. We never one time played a game that didn't end in a fight. Both of you guys fighting each other? Every single time we'd play one-on-one, it would, no matter what. That competition. And it would just be power dunking and just like, you know. Power dunking on the low rims. <laughs> the low rims on the seven, dead end feet. street. Yeah. That's cool. That was, that was summers, though. We were just playing. That was the great thing about like my adolescence that really kept me out of trouble was basketball. I was fucking obsessed. So I was just out there, sun up to sundown. So you guys are always fighting no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. And I was telling you, there was a couple of times, like, he had a lot of fucking issues. I mean, this kid was, I told you, I'm going to put all this business out there. Yeah, don't, you, like, you don't have to say his name. Don't put all this stuff out but there. But I was like talking about, like, what affects a kid at a super young age. And it's, like. That's why you guys adopted him. He was situations like, alone. yeah. I mean, 
you get born into a messed up family. That family just leaves you with somebody who, you know, abuses you. You end up in the system. And by the time you're seven, eight years old, your fucking brain wiring is all fucked. Yeah. You didn't get the opportunity to develop properly. I, I was highly aware of that, how different we were and like how just unfair it was to him. Cause like we play basketball, he'd take off his shirts. He'd have fucking scars on his back and shit. Like mm. I could just, he was so young. And as the years went on, I could just, just tell like how deep that pain is when your ma leaves you like that. Mm-hmm. And it would come out like as we'd get a little bit older, sometimes he'd get drunk and shit and it would come out. He'd start fucking talking about it. But other than that, he'd never talk about it. Ugh. We just like joked. It was like the honeydew. We only yeah, just laughed made light of it. at everything. Got it. Well, you <laughs> said your dad's funeral, you guys were cracking jokes. But, but that's only because it's all we did. <laughs> I get it. I it get really it. was like that. I mean, especially in situations like that. So your like, dad fucked with them too. Yeah, my dad actually liked him a lot. You know, like they weird, they related. They related. What yeah. a weird relationship. Just he's literally just getting passed to families. And so even while he was with him, while he like he was like being fostered, he came in. He's being fostered nine, ten, eleven. He gets you know put into a different school. All this, like there were still times where he got kicked out and he went back in the system. Like when I was, when I was playing college basketball, he got kicked out for like threatening my aunt or some shit, went back in the system, went to a house, got kicked out of that house and then ended up deep on the fucking East side on Glenwood and box or some shit. Delavan over there. I remember going over there. I brought, I remember I brought him my Dreamcast, going over there in the snow. Him like, he's not even supposed to be going running out, hopping in my car. Like it was fucking weird. He's living with a whole nother family and shit. But then he grew up with you. Now he's with another family. That's weird. Cause there's families that'll have foster kids just for the check. You you have some elderly. Now you're just running the fucking East side on free roam and it's fucking deadly over there. So he was over there. And then, I mean, that's where he was originally started at. Then he came back and he was like staying in my mom's basement for a long time. And we're, you know, but then he started getting into robberies and shit, and he, I, I wasn't knowing about it until I saw him on the news. Oh, <laughs> whack. Yeah. So he started just like... Oh, what a bummer. Hanging out with some kids that I, I knew about, but I didn't know. I hung out with dudes that were doing shit, but they weren't fucking overt scumbags. These kids were fucking scumbags. But he felt like... Because my aunt and uncle moved out to like the suburbs, like the legit suburbs. They built a house, moved away from Delaware Damn. Park. And now he's the only black kid out in a white neighborhood. And he like got what found a couple other ghetto ass kids. And then they went, ended up robbing a bank and robbing a couple other things. They didn't get caught. That's why you said the day my brother got bank robbery charged. Mm-hmm. That's the same brother. All of the stories you told me is the same guy. This is, this is the only dude I grew up with like that. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Yeah. So he ended up doing three years. And then, and then while you're doing that, you're doing music and going to school. My, yeah. That like when he went to prison, I had just met April. I was on my like, was at my biggest peak of like my music my hottest fucking point so when you went into prison you already had that song on the radio and shit yes i was really really getting deep into it and he was there with me every single step of the way we were there he was there from way before day one all the shit i was writing about was it was like your uncle john like when you were telling that story it was exactly like that but i was older than him got you you're together all day yeah yeah i mean like we shared a bed he slept on the floor he slept like we slept in the attic together when he'd get his bike stole. I was, I'd fucking get it back for him. That type of shit. Damn. I, I, I totally understand the relationship now. Yeah. So 
you he goes to prison, you get out, you already have a baby. Uh-huh. Oh, when he wow. went in. When he went in, it was looking like I was going to be the one going in. Just based on where I was at in life at oh, that you're just point. Oh, doing stupid shit. I was on some just get rich or die trying. I I was just on some like it's going to take. I don't know like what it's going to take to make it, but I'm willing to do whatever the fuck it takes at this point. I was at a real fork really at that juncture in my life. Like no, you know, undeniably. Me and him were not. Me I never I was always a positive role model in his life. I always looked at myself as a positive role model for him and like his bigger brother. Mm-hmm. But he knew what I was I was getting wrapped up in all kinds of shit outside of my life with him too especially when I started really going ham with the music. And then when he went down, like my dad was dying. We thought he was going to die at that point. It was one of those times. I thought Jamal was going to go for like 15 years. And it was just like, it was so fucking horrible. It was really, really, really horrible. Cause there was like, he sat downtown for a year before we even knew it was going to happen. And then they sentenced him. Luckily he was under 18. Oh, so they, they didn't, but they weren't going to. They, no, well, they, they were trying to yes. try him as an adult. My uncle pulled strings and because he's like Finesse that and that. finessed that shit. Good. But I mean, it was fucking horrible. But while he was in there, by the time he came, when he went in, I was fucking just like out there. Basically, I didn't have I only had like potential going on, but it didn't look great. I just graduated high school. I mean, I had a job and shit, but I was doing shit that definitely could have got me arrested on the regular. And then um, by the time he came out, I had the 300 seat. I had a house. I had a kid. That's that era. I ha- threw him a fucking the iPad touch when he came out. He didn't know what the fuck it was. That, and it was like that. And we were hanging out at my house. Nice. And we had about a year where it was awesome. He's back in the studio with me every day. Now I'm almost, I'm getting like record deals and shit now. I'm making a real push now. It's no yeah. longer like I'm out of, I'm networking outside of Buffalo now when he gets back. The, the songs, I had a stretch where I was going into the studio and every time it was for an executive. Nice. Meaning I'm going back and forth with these fucking fools and they're saying, just give me this, just give me that, just give me this, just give me that. And he was there for every session. Like if you want, follow Griselda, all those studios you see them in. The now, same ones you're in, right? A lot of them, yeah. Yeah, you always tell me, like, it's crazy seeing these Griselda posts, man. Like that's the studio I was recording in. Yeah. Because I know when I first brought up Griselda, you go, Buffalo Griselda? I go, they're hard. He goes, yeah, but they're real gangsters. <laughs> He's like, I didn't want to chill there no more because I was like, oh, these fools are on some serious shit. I'm yeah. out. Well, if you are if you know Buffalo, what I'm about to say is some legendary shit. There was a time, I, I've been in every studio in Buffalo. Anybody who was doing music in Buffalo at that time, I had networked with at some point. I sat with DJ Shea in the Buff City Records and he sat there and listened to my music and was talking about my beats. And you know, he just passed away. He was the... That's the guy you're talking to me about. Biggest DJ in Buffalo. He's the conduit to oh, a lot COVID, of this. Right? Yeah. As far as... Oh. I think so. I'm not sure, but I think so. He's responsible for a lot of this stuff that you see. This legendary shit. This never before seen shit coming out of Buffalo that might not seem big to people, but it inspires a whole goddamn city. Yeah, it was a small city. When well, not was, even a small city, like a poor city. When you have a poor small city that doesn't have a lot of jobs and opportunity and you have a big sports team like Cleveland when LeBron's there, like Pittsburgh when the Steelers are winning the Super Bowl, it makes the vibe of the city different because it gives hope. It gives That's true. pride. A hundred percent. Look at Oakland when the Oakland Raiders are killing it. Everyone's outside fucking, what's up? Mm-hmm. Everyone's like... Yeah, there's life here. Yeah. Like it's yeah. different. Everybody has a little more pep and shit. Like yeah. the old jackets come mm-hmm. out, the starter jackets. Yeah. It's just uh 
Yeah, it's the pride thing. When I was there, it was the opposite of that. It was like the like reverse of like, oh, everything's oh, oh, we always fucking lose. Everything's oh, oh this uh, it's always gray clouds out. It's it was like it felt like that more. That's Buffalo. That's what it was when I was. I mean, because even if you grew up in L.A. and you grew up in the worst part of L.A., you can even you can always look and be like, this person did it, that person did it. Yeah, well, there's, there's not so I much. can ten minutes from here, you're like, yeah, that it never. We had Rick James. Like there was nobody. There was no. And there's no direct opportunity. And a lot of it was pre-internet or before I was you're able to really like establish connections. Well, that's why kids look up at trap, trap stars. Mm-hmm. Like, well, he's making it. He's got a fucking brand new S-class. S he's I'm got broke a as house. Fuck. Yeah. I'm he's struggling. not struggling. And of course, you're going to look at that guy. Oh, he's got a super pretty girl with him. Oh, all the other girl. It's the most tempting thing ever. Like, what does he do? Just selling stuff. That's it. And then you get into like, oh, he's pop fools. He's robbing people. Oh, oh, everything that comes with that. Everything that you can't sell coke without shooting somebody. It just doesn't work, unless you're you're a high end dude in L.A. selling sacks to these people at fucking nightclubs. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. You have to be willing to pop. It made somebody. me think of the dude, uh, the the Colombian dude in Paid in Full when you said that. Uh, uh, Lulu. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lulu. Yeah. See this? Even Lulu got it though. Yeah. He knows what's up too. He even got popped mm-hmm. in that nice ass apartment building. Mm-hmm. Great movie. Watch Paid in Full. Sorry, DJ Shea. Let's go back. First time in existence, I remembered what we were talking about. <laughs> yeah. Back. You said I was about to say some legendary shit. DJ Shea, mm-hmm. go. Yeah. I mean, I sat with him. We listened to my music, all that. And even in that moment, that was like. Oh, man, I I could do the math on it. It was like probably 2005, 2006. I was aware of like Benny back then. He had already been out. He had been, he was already. When I brought him up, you said, oh, these guys been around. Yeah. Yeah, you told me. Yeah, that's the important part to it because it's not like they just popped off. There's years of real work and they did it independently. Granted, they became well known when they signed with Eminem and Jay-Z and all this other shit, but that is an independent record label that came deep out of the streets and is flooding the mainstream right now and they're keeping it pretty i mean super authentic to their own sound that's what i love about it too is they have their own sound you could be like oh it sounds like wu-tang that's kind of a really super generalized statement because it sounds like griselda they have their own i don't think they sound like anybody else i heard Mm -hmm. i mean yeah it's the east coast i hear that Uh in a lot of people but this accent we're not looking for the accent that's authenticity it's the sound yeah like i told you go i don't know who these guys are but you ever heard of and you go from buffalo Uh uh-huh I don't fucking know. Yeah. Yeah. When I first I heard, I go, who the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. Like I said, gangster, gangster ass lyrics, but are good. Jack of shit. I'm all over yeah. it. I'm all over it, man. Yeah. I loved it. That shit gets me fired up. I know. Every time you pull up, I'm like, yo, Marty's in that crazy mood. What's that bumping, <laughs> right? Every time. And it opens the door. I'll fucking shoot you. Like, oh, shit. Every time. I can hear you. Uh-huh. Every time. That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> so you're in Buffalo, you come out, or your brother gets out of jail, you have one year of everything going good, all your shit's happening, and then you don't have to get into it, but you guys had a falling out. Yeah, yeah. So it was when I got my record deal with DJ Ski. So I was using a service called Blaze Track. It's still around, but it's different now. It's owned by different people than originally. And Blaze Track was the first, really let me make connections. It said, put together a press kit. You pay for the credits and you send it directly to the record exec and they give you a video response to your thing. So that was my shit. I made hundreds of submissions. I spent thousands of dollars on Blaze Track, but it it paid off in the sense that Blaze Track noticed. Blaze Track made me a Blaze Track Pro eventually. I've 
spun the tables around and I ended up getting this, I, I kind of became like the poster boy for Blaze Track with this deal I got with DJ Ski. Wow. And then that, so when that happened, I remember it was me, Jamal, and my boy Malachi. Malachi had gotten his apartment. Malachi, we were talking about the cultures and like, and Lackawanna and shit where I'm from. You got the Yebanese community, you got your white people, you got your black people, you got your Puerto Ricans. So Malachi was um, Yemen, half Yebanese, but wild boy, like wild, but I knew him since he was super young. When Jamal went to jail, I bumped into him. And he's like, basically like, bro, let me like, I want to do music. Like and me and him just like, while Jamal was in prison, me and him, he became like Jamal. So when Jamal came out of prison, it was the three of us. Got you. I had, I had known him since he was a kid. We had played basketball in Beth Park for years. I did like his, you know, I knew Malachi and I respected his passion. He came from a fucked up circumstances too. Parents selling drugs, growing up, him being involved, all that type of shit. Robberies, all that type of shit. So, <laughs> 10 minute clock, right? Yeah, it's been yeah, passed. Oh, shit, it's 25. Yeah, it's whatever. been passed, but we, yeah, yeah. it's us. We're going to talk for hours. I already uh, know it. But anyway, the three of us became really close and they started to kind of, thank you, sir, make their own little relationship. And Malachi got, you know, his girl had an apartment or whatever. And I remember we're hanging out over there and, and Jamal was like, bro, this is real. You got a fucking record deal. But he wanted me to basically leave April and Ariana and the three of Doctor. us go move out to fucking California. He's like, because he had a job. He didn't have any responsibility. My uncle hooked him up with a job when he got out. So what? he didn't have any bills. He was making money a little. I mean, when I say making money, he was making the money you make when you have a job and don't have bills. Gotcha. And my uncle is a professional accountant. So when he got out, he had his shit together for him. Good. So but, he wanted you to leave April but, and your baby. Basically. Just so you guys can go pursue the music. Yeah. On some, no. you know, and Fuck I mean, no. so that's what I said. And he, he got real fucking offended because he didn't like, you know, mind you, I had just gotten married. He's my best man. Both these fools are my best men at my wedding. Uh, you know, he was out for you to get married. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. he's my best man. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, so, mm. is that of that pouch you got? No, I got different weed. It's mm. different weed. Yeah. Sorry for the delay. Marty's literally <laughs> staring at his joint. Just, what is this? <laughs> no, it's fire. Uh, he was your best yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, got anyway, offended so there was that? no, there was no tension. He didn't, him and like April got along. There was nothing weird. Something weird happened in his mind where he really started resenting me, like having a family. Like, I can't just effortlessly smoke blunts all throughout the house like one might. I can't just go to California like one might. And he starts oh, like I looking at me like, like this motherfuckers. You know, like, meanwhile, fuck out of here. This is my goddamn life. And your child. And I'm on it, by the way. I'm the only one with this shit going on. Let's not like I'm at this. I'm the only one at the steering wheel of this operation. These fools are tagging along. But it's your brother, so you're going to bring him along forever. I get it. I get it. He's at every studio session. He's at, he's at everything. So I remember we were hanging out one time during this like little period. It was the first time I ever listened to a podcast with him. I put on Rogan and Diaz while we were playing, uh, we were playing like 2K or live or whatever. And we were playing and it was all good. And then like April came home. It was late. And he, 
I started acting real fucking weird on some, nah, I've got something to tell you, but I'm, I'm not going to tell you. Nah, 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 don't even worry about it. Man. He started doing that type of shit. To you or her? To both of us. Like, I got something to tell you about her. What? Just like started acting real weird out of fucking nowhere. And I was like, it's the last time I ever saw him. No, yeah, this is the last time I ever saw him. So, brother? Yeah. So I was like, and I and he's like, he gets up to leave, and I like slap him up. I'm like, what the fuck's wrong with you? You're acting real fucking weird. He's like, nah, 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 nah. And he just left. And uh it like we but we had like a it was like a falling out as he, like it was went from us just chilling to us having a weird falling out and him leaving in real quick. Like it's the last time you saw your brother. Yeah. So what the fuck? I mean, it goes on. So like, and it's weird. I know it sounds weird, but that's literally what happened. So he, he basically like starts spreading all these like really, really like horrific rumors, I guess you would say, but within my like family, just shit that's like not you guys. Yeah. Just not even like out of, not even Maybe fucking he just, true. He's like, he's, yo, the only person that's with me now has a family that I'd never had. And now he's gone. He forever. doesn't. You gotta think from none him. of my friends even know what a functional family looks like. I get it, but from <laughs> his perspective, he just got out of prison. He's never had a family. You're yeah. the only family he yeah. knows, and now your family has a family. And now he's secondary to that. Yeah, for sure. He just got upset. I get yeah. it. He, remember, he's probably still younger he, in his head. Yeah, he's I mean, never he's had still parents. Uh, he's probably twenties, fresh out of prison. He was in grown man's prison. Yeah, fresh I don't out know of prison. What bro. happened in there? All we ever did was really joke about it, but. It started to get really tense, and we were on bad terms for like a week. We didn't see each other. We didn't really talk. It was tense. Was that happen that fast? Yeah, but then my daughter's birthday party came rolling around. First birthday. Fourth birthday. Oh, that's right. He was in jail for three years. Okay. She's turning four. She calls him Uncle Mel. Like those are uncle. I go to Walmart to get the birthday cake. Some other shit that we need. Walmart's like ten minutes away. When I get to Walmart. I get a call from April. Yo, Jamal and Malachi just showed up here. I'm like, why the fuck? I call Jamal, no answer. I call Malachi. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you boys are doing there. But we haven't even talked. Like, obvious, it was to the point that I was like, obviously don't come to this fucking party right now. We There was like big tension. We need to fucking talk. Don't be there when I come back. I'm coming back right now. Hung up. When I get back there from Walmart, 10 minutes later, I'm like, getting the cake and cashing out and then I leave and I fly home. The cops are there. The cops are at your house? Yes. The birthday party? Yes. And this is in the suburbs. We had moved oh, out. they got there fast then. They got there fast as fuck. <laughs> they got there fast. Because like, they got there in I told you we so moved to New Jersey. We moved back to New Jersey. We lived in my mom's house for a while and then we moved out for a year to a nice house on the lake. And that's where you were? That's where we were. And cops the, showed up? Yes. And because he had this whole fucking big meltdown, he's pouring beers over everybody's face, having to fuck threatening all my girls at the party. And this is a four-year-old's birthday party. He just came in and fucking like blew the party up basically to the point that the Someone neighbors or somebody cops. called the cops on him and then got the fuck out before I even got back. That's fucked up. And then after that happened, that caused the whole ripple effect of issues within my family. And then super high tension in the air to the point that it was fucking super high tension in the air for up until basically me moving to California. 
Bro, you just said super high tension in the air to the point where it was super high tension in the air. You're high as fuck Ooh. right now. <laughs> Try to emphasize. I get it. So you guys are basically like, so one of us got to kill each other. That's how I could. I just knew he was fucking crazy, basically, at that yeah, time. Yeah, he's your brother. You know what he's capable of. Yeah. Yeah, and he's more mad at you and you're his brother. Yeah. I'm mad in the sense of like, this motherfucker, how dare you? Are you like, no? Of all days. And and my other boys wrapped up on his side of the shit too. Malachi guy. Yeah. So, and like I said, I was already falling back from all my friends at that point. I was getting deep into Rogan. I was getting really serious about music to the point that I didn't want to be helping out a bunch of other people with it. I was focused on myself. I wasn't bringing a thousand people to the studio. I wasn't tr- You were pushing. growing up? Yeah, I was growing up. I yeah. had a family. Yeah. You have a fucking kid and a I, wife. Bro. Yeah, exactly. You, you, yeah. You have four friends at that point. Yeah. You dial it back by 90%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can hang out with three people. It went, yeah, but at that, I mean, that was my closest inner circle. Uh, and it just, it kind of put me in a dark place for a while. It fucking, it really did. But at the same time. You're it, saying like in terms of with him. Oh, for sure. With you, him. Because you moved away how much, how long after? So. Birthday party, beer pouring on people. Imagine this. Birthday party is. Birthday is June 25th. I fly out to California for the first time, September 11th. So I flew out to California for the first time two months after this happened. You guys haven't talked after that? No. Just tension in the air. Wait, wait, I, I wait, talked wait. to the kid Malachi. And, and he, what happened? What did he say? So I got to know, bro. I never asked you, you this. What do you mean? Like, what did he say? Like, yo, what the fuck is wrong with these? you guys showing up at the party and crashing it? He didn't have an excuse. I didn't talk. I hadn't talked to him. I never talked. Oh, you, didn't, to him. you never talked to Malachi. Oh yeah, with that, yeah, basically, like, oh, I didn't know it was gonna go like that. I didn't think he was gonna oh, do that. So he just, he just got pissed. And, uh, but but come fight me then if you want to. Just come fucking fight me then if you just want. Like, oh. it was like that. Like he didn't know how to. These motherfuckers are immature as fuck. They don't know what the fuck. Hold on, you guys are also kids at the time. Yeah, you guys are now in your thirties, all of you. And the way I grew up, I cut like I. Would quick cut you, cut you out you of off. my life very, very quickly. I love doing that. I love going, oh, I'll never talk to you again because it makes me go, I'm not going to waste any more time. I know what kind of person you are now. Thank God I didn't do this for three more years. Yeah. But, I mean, I didn't want to do that at all. Of course not. your fucking brother and best friend. Yeah. And I didn't foresee it. And it was over. But it was literally over, over nothing. nothing. You didn't do anything. Yeah. You just living your life. I was pushing forward with life. That's it. And you're still hanging out with the guys, just not as much. Yeah. Live, Some people get upset at that, man. Apparently so. I mean, I, w- I really hope that they think different now because because uh, didn't I'm, do anything wrong. I'm fucking sorry uh, if, you know, we you got a kid trying. in the house and we're not smoking hella blunts in here. Yeah, that's it. So fucking sorry. That was like basically what it was. So sorry if you feel like we're not fucking gangsters or some shit. I don't know what the fuck to tell you. <laughs> that sucks, man. But, so you guys had a falling out? You moved to California? So I, sent, I went to Cal. I did 10 days in Cali. The California campaign thing, right? Yes. So, so I think have we talked? We talked about this a little bit on the podcast. Did we? I don't remember. Yeah, we talked about it on like episode two. So, the quick version shit was of that, epic. You went to California because you were meeting DJ. It Ski. relates to our last episode. So we remember Goofy from the fucking last episode we did, right? Yeah. The All guy right. Goofy that stole yes. the weed. He stole the weed. Yeah. When he stole that weed, he came out to the West Coast and linked you. And linked me inadvertently. Yeah. The next call I got with him 
He's all fucking goofy. I hadn't talked to him. He's leaving me voicemails, blowing me up. He's all fucking goofy. <laughs> He's blowing me up. Bro, I'm on the West Coast. I got all this weed. I'm with Snoop. Snoop can't finish my joints. That's not true. I'm with fucking Dr. Dre. I'm in the studio. And at first, I'm like, all right, bro, you owe me two zips. Some time had passed. Wait, he walked who for the zips? My boy. Which one? The one that, the crazy fuck. Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, he's your standard street dude. Crazy. I mean, no, he's but not the way extra. you told me, we can't really say everything, but he's it, a crazy motherfucker. Yeah. 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 Regular crazy. You're walking for some zips. I mean, Jesus Might Christ. You. Yeah, for sure. And it's not just him; it's his cousins. Oh. <laughs> anyway, I end up getting back on the phone with this kid, and it was all fucking goofy ass nonsense. But he did end up linking me with a kid who worked at Interscope Records, who legitimately was Dr. Dre's intern. So I made that connection through that and then cut Goofy the fuck back off again forever. Yeah, so thanks, man. Thanks for those two zips I paid for you. We're this even. is repaying. This is repaying me. Reason. So uh stayed in touch with him for a while. Like you said earlier, people with music, I'm fucking pitching myself to this kid. He's younger than me. He's from Texas. He's interning out there. I'm getting him on the phone. He's answering. I'm just going in on him, rapping at him and shit. On the phone? Yes. Oh <laughs> shit, Marty. So that uh, you were the, the guy with the is, oversized pants pulling mixtapes out the oversized pants. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, 30? Yeah, if it's 30 wide. Uh-huh. Big pants. <laughs> uh, so I signed a deal with DJ Ski. My boys had to like, a lot of a lot of my boys in Lock One had threw a little like concert right before I left inadvertently. And it felt like a going away, away party, party, kind of. It felt like a college reunion. Like everybody in the town knew what was going on. They're all patting me on the fucking back and shit. I was like, okay, it's Your happening. not there. No. No, me and him are just at odds over fucking oh, nothing. Oh, man. That's such a sad fucking. He would have been too. Of course. And that'd be the most, ult- the ultimate, like, yeah. That was like, I was saying the only. So you celebrated by yourself in your head, basically. I mean, it's me and April. We're a team at this point. I'm talking about with your homies that yes. were there before. I mean, I still had a lot of other ones though. But he was just the closest by far. Any of my close friends would have looked at Jamal like, oh, he's as close as fucking by far because I yeah. knew him when we were together when we were little kids. <laughs> but anyway, so September 11th, I fly out. And now, mind you, I'm staying with this kid. Chris, this is a funny story in and of itself. First, my 10-day stint out here in L.A. I've never been out here before. I fly out September 11th. I land. He had gotten funny prior Bro, I don't know if you're going to be able to, uh, the landlord this, he'd start, you know, just throwing me off my goddamn game a little bit. I'm like, fuck that. I'm coming. Be there, bitch. Period. Yeah. So he, we did. We got there. He's cool. He picks me up. His girl's with him. Now his girl right away, I can tell she's weird. She starts right away going in with the, oh, you're from Buffalo. You must know all about the mafia and all about the Illuminati. and What? All the, yeah. Like what the fuck does that know. mean? You, like, well, you're from Merced. You know how to cook crack, right? <laughs> I don't know a goddamn no, thing about it. I mean, I'm aware that that's a thing, but I'm not. I don't know. I don't fucking know anything about that. You must know about she the mafia. Going down this whole conspiracy theory route. As we're driving in from LAX, meanwhile. Oh, man. You got a jersey on listening to conspiracy <laughs> theories. Fuck, I'm like bitch. looking around at LA for the first time. Like, oh, my God. And I, this is no, real. No. I'm here. She's like, yapping. And then I'm seeing, I remember there's like a fire off in the distance. I'm like, bro, there's a fucking fire going on over there. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's normal. There's just smoke billowing over the hills. It's fine. That's a trip, though. You 
coming out here to meet DJ Ski, to meet all these people and going, this is my first eyes on California. Yeah, it was surreal. So when you I flew had, in, I know you were staring out the window. You were that guy. Oh, I was on a goddamn mission. Oh, my God. I, oh, I missed. Man. I almost missed those days because I was just, when you're all potential, you're like, I got nothing but a shit ton of potential and hard work. Like, I'm. That's you right now. You know that, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't change, motherfucker. Everything you kept saying, like, you mean this morning? That's funny. It's <laughs> a different field. So just this this little chapter is funny. So we start, he's driving me around now. He starts dropping this bitch. Up. So he, he drops her off. at. We go to Bel Air. The first place we go is Bel Air. Damn. Okay. I'm like, <coughs> Fresh Prince is my reference. I already knew. He drops her off. He's like, oh, she's a homeopathic uh, healer. She gets out. There's this giant, massive gate. She, whatever. We go down and now we go to eat in West Hollywood. I don't know what West Hollywood is. The waiter walks up to us without a shirt on. Oh, you went to Boys Town. <laughs> I don't fucking, I yeah, guess it's so. West Hollywood's like a, like there's like a gay area. I told you when I went with my uncle. Uh, yeah. It's yeah, wild. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was fun, but it was wild. So like we ate there, then we went and picked her back up, and then we like went and dropped her off at another place, like another appointment. So she's a hooker. Come to find out, I'm not even sure if this fucking fool is aware of this or not. She's a hooker. She's a, yeah, this bitch. So, yes. His girlfriend? Yes. He doesn't realize I don't. I don't think he does. She's a fucking hooker? I don't think he does. He thinks she's just like her, his girlfriend. A homeopathic healer? Does she bring a bag? Does she bring tools? <laughs> a table? I don't... Andy? <laughs> <laughs> there was no fucking folding table with her. We were in a challenger. The first thing you do uh-huh. is go on a hoe run yes. in California. Like a GTA mission. Love it. I love it. Drop the hoe off to get to your next rap battle. <laughs> That's you. So then on the way home, we pick up her friend. And this bitch is this bitch is overtly like, I can tell something's wrong with this bitch. This bitch next to me now. So we drive back. Now we they're in Burbank. How old are you? 23 or 24. 25 maybe oh i don't God, remember what year it was dragged around la it was fine it was amazing i was in awe i'm just saying with the hookers in your yes car. i didn't realize at first this that didn't goofy dawn on me until really afterwards goofy. <laughs> we're not understanding he's but this uh this is this isn't goofy at this this is i mean he is this kid chris is goofy as fucking shit oh, that's too. what you meant it was that guy no but the, no 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 this is the dude oh, this is my referral from goofy one to goofy two here. okay <laughs> Uh, so, and by the, so Chris is fucking goofy in a different way in like, he's in a, goofy a good way, fucking like in a nice way. Yeah. Uh, being goofy is cool. Being, uh, yes, goofy exactly. Different. Yes. It's so subtle. Yeah. So Chris graduated from college. He's out there working at Interscope. Yeah. You know. Oh, he's the Interscope guy. Yes. He doesn't realize she's a hooker. Okay. No. So you pick up the second Chris one. Chris is probably weird. 19, 20 years old. We pick up her oh. friend. The friend is a little bit older. The friend might be fucking 40 for all I can tell. Okay. We get back. They live in Burbank in this like I get there and I realize it's a house, but there's like eight people living in this house and they're all 20 and they're all actors and they all pay for a room. So they're from all over the world. Basically. Yeah. 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 There's that. So I'm starting to piece all this together. I wasn't given the rundown on the whole situation. That's where you were staying. Yes. So you stay on the floor of one of these rooms. Woo. I know exactly where you slept. (laughs) I've been there. So we sit down on the couch and the, and her friend starts going, uh, you know, I'm in, I'm in like the entertainment business. Like, what are you you're here for music? Oh, I entertain cool. dicks is what she so, should have said. <laughs> so she goes, 
a couple times throughout the night, she had been like, oh, man, maybe you should give me some music for our like, projects we're working on, all this shit. Now we're at the house. They're all doing bong rips and getting comfortable and shit. Cool. This bitch goes, I produce veggie porn. She sticks vegetables Porn that features vegetables. Wait, like vegetables banging or she bangs herself with vegetables? I didn't I, ask. There's, you should have asked. Oh, like... Like, like you should have really asked, like, yo, are you trying to tell me that you make vegetables have sex with each other? Like, like breeding, like, like are you are you just slapping toys together like kids, or are you having as as, sex with as cucumbers? As soon as she said that, Chris's roommate goes, "Do you know what the fuck he's here out? You know what the fuck he's here for? This kid's got a record deal. He's not doing your porno shit. Are you fucking kidding yes. me? The forty-year-old lady. Yes, he said that to her. Oh, that's mean, bro. That's <laughs> but mean. But I was like in shock and awe. But in my mind, I'm like, thank hey, you. Hey, kid, Buffalo. Oh, I do veggie porn. Marty just. Oh my fucking god! Kick me back to fucking Buffalo. So far, this holistic healers, veggie porn, and a charger. Yep. So I went to bed after that. So that was right just after like, that. I went to bed after that. <laughs> Wait, you're all in the same room though. No, it's Did a you house. Just turn her over. We were in the living room, oh. so I just slept in the floor of one of the bedrooms. Okay, got you. So we so he scolded that woman. His Chris's roommate did. Now they're showing me commercials, like they literally show me a Nike commercial. They're all playing basketball and shit. But that's me. That's me, real quick. Like flash oh, across the screen. That's what this house is. Yes. Mm. I always found that kind of like sad. I always felt a little bad for those because it they really sad. want it. Because the one couple you know I mean? in there was like screaming at each other the whole time. One of those. They're all scared of the landlord. They're all scared of the cops or the weed. They were acting like weed was illegal, which was weird. But uh, anyway, so I wake up the next day. All right. We start driving through. We start driving to LAX because he's got to take his girl and drop her off. She's going to Utah. Or something. I remember she's going to Utah. So he's taking her to LAX, but they're fighting. The whole time. The, the hooker. Yeah. Um, his, yeah. His the girlfriend. Hooker. Okay. <laughs> so we're driving through Hollywood and we're with his, this kid, uh, Scott, that is Chris's friend. Scott's chill, kind of hippie dude. And we're just driving through Hollywood and they start. And then they, somebody from the ski lodge calls me and goes, ski's about to leave. You're not even going to get them fucking meet him. He's about to fly out. He's going to Toronto. So I was literally like, let me out. I didn't even know where we were. We were in Hollywood somewhere. I hopped out. And said, find me later. I remember I had the... Did you have a phone? Oh, yeah. yeah I had the iPhone call. 4S. Okay. I remember because I was rapping about it. <laughs> Damn, the 4S. <laughs> yeah. When I was 4S is right when I started doing Instagram. Mm-hmm. Me too. If you go... I've had fans go back all the way to the bottom of my timeline and comment on the first post. Yeah, that's and the it's, funniest. it's from my 4S. Oh, shit. I love it. Like, it's from this time. Where it all started. About. These pictures I've talked about are the very first pictures. So, uh, okay. So I hop out on foot. Scott's had lived in Hollywood. He helps me find the ski lodge. We were within walking distance from where we hopped out at. I get up. I now. What are the odds of that? Very rare, small odds. It wasn't in even all LA, that far. You hop out. You just get there like a fucking sitcom. It worked out to the point wow. that we walked up to the door, but now I had Scott with me. Which I wasn't thrilled about. I don't even know this dude. I've been going through so much shit. So, but it ended up working out good. So, like, we go in there. I sit down. I would have been just sitting in there by myself in their lobby. 
but Scott's with me. So now I kind of have somebody to talk to. I'm not just sitting there by myself. I see Ski walk, and this was huge at the time. Wiz Khalifa was just in there. iHeartRadio's in there. Nipsey Hussle had just gotten signed to him, recorded his album in there. All the big West Coast acts, like Ski was one of the biggest legendary West Coast hip-hop DJs, period. Mm-hmm. So uh, camera crew's following him around. Yo, that was a shock the yeah. fuck out of you. Mm-hmm. So then I just walk up to him. He's like, what's up, man? What's up? Uh, Whatever, whatever. Kind of like, basically, I mean, bro, I'm fucking out here over our deal. It's public. Yeah. Blaze Track's promoting this. Um, But he just, we slapped each other up and he just fucking left. So. That's it? No. No, I'm saying that's it. That's all you that, said? That's that, all they got to have? That was it. He, we literally, it was less than I fucking said to 50 Cent. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> when he walked away, were you? did you feel the heartbreak? I didn't know I wasn't going to talk to him again. Oh. <laughs> that would have fucking pissed so me So I just kind of sat back down because I'm here to record. I mean, I'm out there to record. You just wanted to meet him before he left type shit and talk. I didn't even realize he was leaving. I thought he was going to be there the whole fucking time. I didn't know him leaving wasn't a part of it. So, okay. So, yeah, he leaves. Now, I think I just leave. Maybe even come back that night later. Okay, no, no, no. This is exactly what happened. We Okay, so I linked back up with Chris. He picked me back up. Uh, they had given me a brand new beat while I was there. They were like, this is Trap Step. We want to see if you can rap. Because it was a licensing deal. Meaning they play songs that you make on video games and in TV shows. Oh, and shit. It was a, that was the point of the record deals, a licensing deal. So they gave me a brand new beat. I had all this music ready. They said, here, let's record this tomorrow. They gave me a brand new beat and it was on some trap step, dubstep shit. Okay. This is legendary in my world because I took that beat back. We made it back to the house. I took my little bit of weed, went back, sat on the floor and just zoned out. And I remember it was different than how I wrote most songs because I just closed my eyes and I wrote on a blank page all the most random words that could come to mind from just this crazy little chapter I was in. And then I just kind of looked at it and I just picked out random words. I ended up picking out Kiwi Nights, Purple Days. Wait, stop. Uh Is this how you made songs? This is how I made this song. You just wrote down words? Just in this case. This isn't how I usually did it. Okay, okay. But I usually don't write and record the next day. I usually have the song memorized before I even go in. I've worked it out. I've recorded a rough copy. Got you. They're putting me on the spot. I have shit prepared. So, I mean, I go in there. I blank it out. I blank out. I have the song memorized by the time I'm done writing it, which is different. By the time I wake up that morning, I'm ready to go. Now, another funny layer of the story. His girl's gone. So it's me and Chris now, which is what I wanted because Chris is cool and he's an engineer and shit. Like, we're about to execute. Uh, But Chris's girl has a kid and this is her car. The challenger they have is hers and her baby daddy's. Okay? And they have a kid together. Now, her baby daddy is Debo for all intents and purposes. This fool is fresh out of prison. He looks like Debo. He acts like Debo. He's the real life fucking Debo out of South Central. All right. Oh, no. So now. Oh, no. Go. So now uh, Chris is like, "Uh, bro, do you think we could use the car to like drop my boy off at the studio? He's asking her fucking 
baby the new daddy. boyfriend. Yes. Goofy ass. Okay, Chris is probably 19. He's calling her baby daddy. This fool's probably 33. That's so fucking pathetic. Bro. It's like a it's like a reality show. Okay. Just on the bus. He had the car. He had the their car. Okay. The dad, the baby. No, Chris. Dad. Chris had. We had the car. Oh, so. But it was like the dad needed it to drive the kid back and forth to school and shit. Also. Oh, so he's calling like, "Yo, I'm gonna take the car." Type. We're shit. trying to work it out. The dude ended up being cool as fuck. Okay, Debo. <sighs> all right, but it was funny as shit because the dynamic between him and Chris, father and son. is yes. It was fucking hilarious. Yeah, I don't have sex with the, you know your baby's <laughs> mom, but well. I'm her driver, and you come to find out, well, we've never kissed. I mean, she's, I want to go out with her. <laughs> like, that's what I think happened, and she was just her yeah. driver. Some shit like that. I mean, it might have been. I don't know. I only witnessed those few hours with them. Maybe he thought it was his girlfriend, and Maybe. she was like, this is this just fool just driving, driving me around. around. Might have very well done that. Because it doesn't sound, that's a weird but dynamic. But I think she kind of, I, I think she lived in that house, too. It's a weird dynamic, Yeah, it's though. super weird, because now, the whole time I'm there, this dude, Eddie's driving me around. But that first time was surreal. Who's Eddie? Eddie's the, Eddie's the baby daddy. Debo. Debo. Yeah, I didn't say his name, but nobody's know who the fuck this dude is. And he didn't do anything wrong. He's awesome. Yeah, he's cool so, in this situation. I'm just saying, like, Debo was like, yeah, don't worry. I'll drive you around yes. little kids here. Yes. Record deal. We, exactly. <laughs> so now <laughs> we go down to South Central. This oh, dude's got hit. You are so dedicated. Yeah, yeah. You're so fucking dedicated <laughs> to be going, no, no, I'll get in the car with this guy. Oh, he's banging your baby's mom? You just got out of prison? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like, Fuck. it was so <laughs> sick though. He put my music on. He got weed out of the trunk. We're rolling around South Central, Stop. pumping my shit. Yeah. He was cool once he realized he liked me. That's cool. Yes. Never mind. This turned into a cool day then. It was cool. I'd never been in South Central before. I'm seeing all the streets from Boys in the Hood and South oh, Central and shit. Like I'm doing it, but we're, yeah, we're thumping my music and shit. You know, it was cool. So then he takes me up to the studio. I get to the studio. Who's the engineer? I don't know if I ever told you this. Fucking Nick Hogan. Why? Because <laughs> he's an engineer. Hulk Hogan's son? Yes. What the fuck? <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I had no idea it was going to be him. So you walk up and go, what's up, Hulk Hogan's son? And it was only us. We had the whole ski lodge to ourselves. Because he was out of town. Yes. So for like extended... So I went in. We did this for like six, seven days straight. You just went to the studio and recorded and recorded and recorded music. Yes. The music you had, you already had or the music they wanted you to make? Both. That first day, I went in there and smashed that shit they had given me the night before with a fucking passion. No paper. We went in there. I gave Nick Hogan the beat. He was like, oh, shit, because he's on that like club DJ shit. And then he loved it. We vibed out. We, we were good friends. He was cool as shit that whole time. We were on Ski's balcony fucking blowing down Dutch or Jays and shit in front of the ski lodge. We had the place to ourselves. We were fucking chilling. Yo, you and had the best experience. and You cannot go back to Buffalo at that point. I did. <laughs> no, I'm saying you can't. You, I know. Mentally, you can't mentally, go back. Mentally, uh, that's go back. the next part of the story. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was fucking amazing because, I mean, it was like you couldn't ask for a better experience. No, like you're you saying. can't. You you can't. Debo just decided to go. Damn, your music's tight. Uh -huh. Get that weed out the trunk. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. Like, that's great. Oh, I have protection. Yeah, yeah. This guy's going to beat people up if they try to yeah. beat me up. Uh -huh. We can go to the gangland. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like that. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. You got, the, you got a hall hood pass. Uh -huh. 
and was yeah. like, no, nah, don't worry, man. Bump it. Uh-huh. Yo, that's a great, ex- that's a great experience. It was so sick. And, you know, like, I, I, I think I even had to borrow some money, like, spending money to be out here. Like, I was just, and, and mind you, I'm just out here by myself, too. I don't have my kid. I don't have my daughter. I'm completely focused on music. For people, creatives like that, anytime where you, like, travel somewhere for the purpose of creating and you're locked out and you don't have any other responsibilities, that's, like, a special moment. Especially in music, it's more hundred percent. It's most and most most people that are doing things that cause you to create. Yeah, like if there's a block on your head when you're doing shit in your normal life. When you get out of your normal routine, it's like that's why I really fuck with the Rick Rubin the way he does a lot of yes. stuff. Everyone's mm-hmm. just isolated. Yeah, like no, no, you're an artist. Mm-hmm. Put your phone down. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, shut the fuck up and mm-hmm. work. I yeah. love it, dude. It's yeah. just, it's like a think tank. Mm-hmm. But you're yeah, by exactly. yourself. Yeah. But it was all for something because prior to that, I'd been a studio rat my whole life. I lived in the studio for years prior to that. Even as a little kid, I grew up in the studio. Yeah, because you're dead. Yeah. But now it was for something. And it was in Cali. And it wasn't us in a closet on the and fucking Hogan's son just and like, Nick Hogan's at the right, board. The yeah. fuck? All right, let's smoke one. Yeah, yeah. So, and everybody's got weed. Everybody's got weed in their little jars and shit. I had never seen weed in prescription bottles. I would say prescription pop yeah, tops. Yeah. That's what everyone had their and weed And the first weed we got, that first night I got here, his girl ran in, got the weed, came out. She's like, this is Dr. Dre OG. I was like, oh shit. Because I was on a mission to meet, I was on a mission to get a Dr. Dre record deal. Yeah. Uh, so we were, and we were talking about that. But anyway, yeah, I did 10 days and then I went the fuck back to Buffalo. So when you went back to Buffalo, <laughs> getting on that plane until you landed, you still had that motivation. When you land, you go, oh, yeah, I got to get out of here. Well, it would have been real bad because I went back. So now I go back. It's late September. It's already getting cold. Yo, this is a movie in my <laughs> head. I know because you know what's crazy is I'm not looking at you over here. Yeah, it's weird. We're talking. It's like we're on FaceTime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because sometimes, for people that don't know, sometimes we'll be setting up and we're three hours later we're starting to film because uh-huh. – we just talk for three hours about crazy, random stories. Like, wait, what happened? So yeah. I, that's why I know a lot of your stories. Yeah. But have we talked about them while filming? No. I don't know. Ever. I don't know. I have the luxury of popping in and out, funny one-liners. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I leave. Now it's like, no, no, no. Hear the story. So, so far, this is like a fucking, gr- this is like, I could see this being a movie. I love it. Yeah. So now you're was- going back after the sick-ass 10-day stay. In Bob, California. Yep. And I had just had all these epic falling outs with all my friends. So uh, it was a big, like, bitch. I'm not, told you I was going to do this fucking shit. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's sad, too. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I'm not going to come out here and stand on Hollywood Boulevard with my fucking mixtapes. Nah, bitch. I did it the right way. It took yeah. uh, two months fucking longer. <laughs> two months <laughs> longer, for real. <laughs> so you get back, and now you're like, what? April, we're going to move. Yes. Well... Okay. She came and visited her friend in Dana Point. And after it, which is like, guys, if you've ever visited SoCal to everybody. Where's Dana Point? It's southern Orange County. It's like beautiful. Towards you? Yes. Wherever South you where live. I live. Yeah, wherever you live. Anybody that visits ball. LA needs to visit South Orange County. because Go past beautiful. Orange County if you come to LA. LA's great. There's shops and, you know, dirty ass streets. It's dope. I love it out here. It's the city. Where you're at yeah. is... When they show pictures of California, yes. beaches and yes. families and trees, that's where he lives. Mm-hmm. And that's where April it's came to so visit. Bomb. On the beach. Oh, she fucking yeah. can't go back. So she's like, yeah, we'll do it for sure. And that was just a few months after. Because mind you, now I came back and I'm gearing up to release California Campaign. The CD, those songs are on California Campaign. Produced by Nick Hogan? Engineered by Nick Hogan. 
I mean, there was a track on oh, there that random. was produced by uh, Nipsey's producer because he's in-house at Ski Music and all my producers. I have a whole fucking team of producers at that point. Um, so we premiered it on Game's website, Rap, the Rapper the game. the game. Yeah, I was in with them and we dropped it on his website. So I had that that I was working towards. But when I got back, they started acting funny at the Ski Lodge too. Like as all music related things do. Really? In the sense that he became a TV host. Like him yeah. and Mark Cuban started a TV network. He, they like, shortly after I left, they took the recording studios out of the ski lodge. Oh, so they were like, oh, well, We're kind of done with music because they had a licensing division of the ski lodge. It was called Build Destroy Music. That was the whole thing. That was the whole, it was this whole big oh, so thing. so when you got back, it's like, well, we don't exist. They're kind of like, yeah, we're kind of doing TV with Mark Cuban now. So we're not really like paying attention to this anymore. Yeah. It was, the, but that was slow because it was, I mean, so it was a couple months before we still moved. We ended up moving out in like July. So how August. much longer after you came to California and visited and went back? How much longer after you? I came back away? in September. We moved in like July. Oh, nice. Yeah. You stayed up and, and then took off. So, yeah, I was working a collections job, which fucking killed my soul. Like, yeah. I was telling you. But I was making connections through it, like looking up people's numbers and shit. That's how we met fucking Brian Callis. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Yo, if you're dedicated and you really want something to work, you will be Marty. Yeah. Marty, don't skip over this shit. Like, you know, just like, I don't even know if Brian knows it. I didn't want to, like... Next time he comes, we'll talk episode. about it. Last episode, you had a story... Ready for Brian. And when we left, I went, did you even tell your story? Last week's episode, I, I didn't even forget to mm-hmm. let my joint. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I was just lost in the conversation. Yeah. Don't skip over that shit. Marty used to work in, in collections. I'm saying you used to work in collections. Yes. And you were doing what? Watching Joe Rogan's podcast, watching The Fighter and the Kid, and was like, No, hey, Fighter and the Kid didn't exist yet. Okay. Tell this story. What happened? Why'd you call Brian Callen? What's the point? Well, my method with music, and this is all alleged and beyond seven years ago. (laughs) Alleged. This is all a hypothetical scenario, but I would, I'd fucking look up. I had a Rolodex of the whole music industries and like phone numbers and shit. I'd call, I'd call you to death. I'd call your grandmother to get you on the phone. I've talked to a lot of famous people's family trying to get them on the phone to pitch them my shit. No. No, yeah. you were taking them from the coll- from the collections Rolodex. Yeah, because like we're talking about like skip tracing. You're like, how the fuck could you find out somebody's address? Like, it's a no brainer. You could find out everybody's phone numbers and the people they live with's phone numbers. When like when you're trying to find somebody to pay a bill. Yeah, you know. So like a good, for instance, when I did that whole make your own luck campaign with Rob Deerdeck, I got his fucking aunt on the phone, and then I got Big Cat on the phone, his cousin that did Fantasy Factory. I'm like, bro. I just give them the rundown. <laughs> how'd you get my number? I'll say the first thing. How'd you get my fucking number? With don't worry the about first it. Thing I got. Yeah, don't worry about it. He needs that. Listen, he favored it on Twitter. I need it. Like it was like that. <laughs> You're that guy. I was at that time. Ooh, that's dedication. <laughs> and if you don't come off like a weirdo, I might go. Okay. Fuck yeah. yeah. I never came off like a weirdo. Yeah. Because if you did come off like a weirdo, I'm like yo, it'd don't be very fucking easy. call me yeah, anymore, be- bro. Yeah, it'd be very easy to taste at you for yeah. calling me. But I made real connections. But if like you that. really tried, yeah. like this guy went out of his way to fucking find us. Yeah. I'm not doing psycho shit for the sake of doing psycho shit, but I'm trying to get you on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> you admitted psycho shit. No, it's just aggressive. 
<laughs> this shit's what everybody else is No, it's just aggressive. <laughs> As he admits it's psycho what shit. What the fuck are they going to do? I mean, not, it's just aggressive. Not sign me to their record deal? I'm already there. Yeah, like, I get you, but... That's how you, I got in touch with Kellen. Why did you want to get in touch with him? Because he had, was blowing... Rogan's podcast was early on. He was one of the first... One of Rogan's friends that got blown up by the podcast. He started his own podcast, The Brian Callen Show, which I was listening to in this time frame. And he had a fucking t-shirt contest going. And you're already doing graphics. Yes. I was hustling graphics the whole time from the very start of me doing music. You just randomly knew how to do, just started My cousin graphics? gave me a computer on my 19th birthday. It had Photoshop and I learned it. Really? Yeah. So that- and You left that out. I didn't know that. Yeah. No, I didn't know how, how you started happened. learning graphics. Yeah. He gave that completely changed my life. He gave me a computer on my 19th birthday. My cousin from Detroit, I was telling you about. Yeah. He drove in. He gave it to me. Me and Jamal were there. He brought a fucking rental Jaguar he had. He let us drive around the neighborhood and shit. He, it was one of the best days of my life. He gave me the computer, had Photoshop and Adobe Audition. That was like a defining moment what? in my life because I started recording myself in the basement on Adobe Audition and started doing photo graphics for myself as a rapper. But then I started doing it for so all my were boys. doing everything. Yeah, we were recording in the basement. I was doing all our graphics. I was doing our music videos. Like, I had a whole label of little Yeah, of and my you're boys. fucking filming, and you're taking pictures, and you're doing All that, that shit, yeah. Yeah. So that's how, I mean, that's how really that all kind of like. So you had a t-shirt contest, and you entered. So he had a t-shirt contest, and I called him. And you it was, got his number. It was him on his voicemail. And you called him. And just said, hey, like. I just, you know, I got some t-shirt designs for you. I just, if I can send them to you, let me know. And then he texted me back and I sent him the designs and then we went back and forth, but nothing really ever happened. He never used them. Did you win He never contest? paid me for anything. I don't fucking know. No, I don't think so. I don't know. It wasn't even that big of a deal. We just kind of made a quick, brief connection. And I said, I'm going to move to California. And then when I moved to California, I was telling you today, we went and we were looking at cell phone printers. When I first moved here, I couldn't get a fucking job in Buffalo. Okay. I had all these I had skills. I was a super hard worker. I literally couldn't hold a job outside of collections, which I hated with an mm -hmm. extreme passion. Within four days of being here, I got a job doing yeah. graphics and printing. Fuck you know, yeah. where, doing, what city? It was right by where I live. Oh, okay. You know, printing the cell phone cases yeah. and shit. So, uh, um, where, where was I going with that? <laughs> <laughs> you moved here four days and you were like, Brian Callen, you made oh, a connection. Yeah, yeah. So I was, I was running the printers one day and I was listening to him on Rogan talk about that. They were going to start the fighter and the kid. And I just had this like real distinct moment of like inspiration, like hit that motherfucker up. So I right, I was running the printers. I remember I just put the shit down, started printing and I went into my email. Hey Brian, I made it out to California. I heard you're starting a new podcast. Let me know if you guys can use any help. And then literally within a half hour later, I got an email from Brendan, like, you know, what are you talking about? So then they just hired me to do some t-shirt designs. So I did a couple t-shirt designs for him. And, and that's that, right where they started. But it was before episode one. So then on episode, episode one rolls around like the night before and he goes, hey, we need a graphic art for today's episode. It needs to be about the episode. It's going to go up first thing in the morning and we need it to be a cartoon. So now I have to listen to the episode, come up with a creative concept about the episode that makes sense into a graphic and make it into a cartoon, which I had never done before. And it's going to go out in front of all these raging fans first thing in the morning. And it's your first project. And tomorrow. And it's tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how you started? Yeah. So then I really cut my teeth with Fighter and the Kid. 
And it was very similar to this in the sense what that. What the fuck does that mean? Cut my teeth. Like how. I've never heard that expression really? in my entire life. It's like being a newbie at something, like getting. You know, really cut my teeth. Fans out there, I think people know that one. I, I, I hope they do. <laughs> this fool's out here making shit up. <laughs> no, that's something. I didn't make that yeah, shit up. I really up. buttered my dick with that one. You know? <laughs> what the I'm fuck is that? My mean? dick with these fools. <laughs> I would never butter my dick. Is that what you just said? I was making shit up, buddy. Actually, what I did is I saw that banana thing and it looked like a stick of butter. I went, I buttered oh, uh, my dick. I was just trying to think of a word. Um, sorry. You started the graphics, got the graphics. They said, good job. You're hired. Yeah. And then. I wasn't even getting paid for that at that point. I had to kind of earn that. But the show started to blow up and we started to perform live. And that started, I mean, it was fucking amazing. The first two years was amazing. The fans. When did the show start? 2014. Oh, it's relatively new. Not really. It's, it's under 10 I years. Mean, yeah. Yeah. But they're on episode like fucking 700 or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I was there for the first live performance, but I wasn't, I was only dealing with the podcast. But then my business grew when Brendan became a, a live stand-up act. So as business, you mean yourself. Drastic you're still graphics. doing this yourself, though. Yes. So you're like, this is me. I do that. I do that, too. I do that, and you yeah. just went and learn it if you have Getting to. Getting my degree, paying th- four oh, times you were going more to school this in whole time. rent. Yes. Working a full-time job. Cam was a newborn. Two babies now. Ariana's five. We are living in Irvine. It's expensive as fuck. I'm working a full-time job. I got a family. and I'm April's doing- a realtor still? Yeah, she had a job at the time. She was doing real estate. But I'm working 24 hours a day now yeah. because what, to build that show up, I was a huge part of, of, I was the tip of the spear of our whole social media. I did every graphic we ever made, all our t-shirt, everything. So and all the fire in the kid shit. Not to mention, I had to do an episode graphic every Monday about the episode. The same night turnaround. Oof. You got to listen to the episode, come up with a creative concept. If it's going to be a parody or a composite yeah, or whatever, it's, it's going to be. It's, there's no room for revisions. It's and you have sometimes to to I would all. have to sit there and listen to the episode three, four, five times, oh, and pick something man. out that made sense. It's a lot of work, dude. There's so much. It's a lot of work. That's why it was high pressure. Yes, say there's so much pressure on you, especially going. Nah, don't fire me. Don't fire me. Don't and fire me. Fans, don't roast this shit when we post it. Because that's You're, the other thing. Were you like, running their social media at the time? No. Oh, so you couldn't be like, hey, I'm erasing that. <laughs> no, it, but the fans did nothing but ever show love, though, at that point. So, but then as things grew, I circled. Once I really started to kind of help Brendan blow up in his stand-up career. In by terms book, of, by booking, right? Yeah, in terms of the, like all the live promotional graphics, the targeted ad campaigns in each city, the website, the email blast, the, the merch, all that type of shit that goes into touring. Fool did a world tour in the first year of doing comedy off of live po- live podcasting, like I'm talking about us doing. Yeah, like Brian was talking about, he did five minutes to open the show, five minutes to open the show. Next thing you know, the fool's doing a fucking doing world tour. Stand up, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but then Brian became like a client of mine as Brian Callen, and then you know now I'm managing all his live shows and his whole brand. But with Brian, I was probably the most hands on of all my clients. Like I fucking do handle everything for him. Uh, but then like same thing for Theo and then Rogan. So, you know, and then like Josh and Sickler. So, so you're literally just picking up all these mainstream, uh, comedians, social lives. Um, um, every social media thing. Yeah. Their promotion for their life. Everything you're doing. Their their live performances. Yeah. And each one of those things, four or five hours. 
you're working 27 well they're constantly throwing shit at me so and in so you're their, working non-stop non-stop because in their mind like yeah marty can get it done but yeah no, exactly no, no. <laughs> you rogan and theo they're just did the same thing that. at the same time and but you all want it to jack this hour oh that's how it went for like five oh. years and school and all this and i was working a job and all this shit so like yeah when did you how long into drastic graphics did you were able to quit your day job 2017 how long did you start drastic graphics 14 17 no when did you start i mean when did you start doing the The uh, first time i mean i like i said when brian started paying you what year was that that? was like 2015 2016 for two years you were fucking working a regular job but i was (laughs) i was doing that shit for free before the whole time before that though i was doing it through brendan like yo brian needs a graphic for this brian needs a graphic for that brian needs a graphic for this and then you're like hey hey, and then I had to take control me. of the situation and be like, we got to make sense of this because it's too fucking much. Yeah, your brain. You can't and even anytime, do that much. Yeah, and like I posted today on Twitter. So there it is. You put in two motherfucking full years of free work day in, day out to get where you needed to be in position. See that? It's not fucking overnight. You're not going to gain a million followers in, in a month. You're not going to get no. paid what you want today. Mm-hmm. Fucking work. I worked for seven years for free. But I was also having a hell of fun. Yeah. You are just grinding away. It was fun to me. I love being a I part know, of great. I know, but just like, saying, like, yeah, all right, three hours, I, was go, I don't have the pressure. Because there's no glory in that being that far behind the scenes. I might as well have been a million miles away. Like, I was completely remote and removed from the situation. Yeah. But I don't give a fuck. Like, all I wanted was do is build my reputation, which I did. That's what you were doing. Yeah, when that's I what started, you were doing. like, naming off all those names, it wasn't because, like, oh, they're just giving them to me. Like, I made my connection with Theo became my client before he even started, before he ever even went on Fighter and the Kid. Oh, really? But, but then Theo really blew up through Fighter and the Kid and Rogan. So what were you doing for Theo? Just the graphics and everything's too? Started with t-shirt designs and then it rolled into episode graphics and then it rolled into the live tour management promotions. Just like, that's just how that's it goes. That's such a trip though that you're, you're running. And this is just a few years after moving here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you needed to move, man. I was doing this while I was in school. Fuck, for graphics? Yeah. <laughs> Bro, you didn't even that have time the, to sleep at that point. Yeah, it was a lot. I mean, yeah, it took a toll. That's a lot. It was a lot. It was a real lot. Because, I mean, I wasn't making a lot of money. We were still, like, not having barely any money because our cost of living was super high now. So, yeah. that Like, I, I always remember the really, really huge chasm, the really huge big milestone after moving here was being able to quit the day job and focus on drastic yes. graphics full time. But even then, I was still working 24 hours a day. You have to be. You had an employee until this year. Yeah. Yeah. That helped out a lot. Oh my God. But then Marty, the interesting thing is like we grew it to the point so much while I did have an employee that like I was able to scale back clients, which was the ultimate goal. And right now you literally shaved off 90% of your clients. Yeah. Just because we need so much time put because into Because I can now. And uh, yeah, because this is my primary focus. That from day one, that was the plan. That was the yeah. goal. Like, I hope to God I can do that because I couldn't have sustained the way I was going just with my family. Brain would have broke. Yeah, it wasn't fun. It was no, it was no, yeah, cool. You work with all these cool people, but the fuck does it mean? You, you can't don't do get, anything at like, all. You don't get health insurance. You don't get weekends. You don't get time. Like, eventually that shit runs thin. So I just always, I've always known there's been levels. And, yeah. and you can still do graphics and shit when you hire a team. Like, exactly. By the way, I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. I'm hiring a team of me's. Yeah, I could totally do that. Yeah. That's just not my focus. Maybe in the not future. Right now. No, no, not right now. And yeah. I, right now we're in the startup. This yeah, is exactly. This is episode 31. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this and is not. Deep. I'm not. I'm not. 
I'm not greedy enough to think, or maybe greedy is not the right word, but I know when something's special, when it needs your attention, give it to it because special things only come around once in a great while. Yeah. Like, and if you're lucky enough to be a part of it once, I'm, I have the experience of being a part of something special like that, but I was just like a support player. So I know how, how it can go, what can happen, what to do, how, like, what can go wrong. You've seen this whole entire podcast thing Play already. Out. Yeah. Like, you know, and if you if you really look at everybody that's done podcasting, it's so new. That particular scenario is super unique. Nobody's done it like that. Nobody's come out of the gate. And you're so talking about firing strong. the kid. Yeah, yeah. In terms of just the live shows and just that first two years. Because it was when Rogan was really making the transition from just being like a hit big podcast, like the biggest show in the world. Yeah. They, you know, and the UFC too. Like I, Conor McGregor even. McGregor was one of our first guests. You know, like when we were on Fox Sports. Whoa, no shit. Yeah, so, you know. But, uh, yeah, so, but I don't work with them anymore. And I don't work with, you know, a lot of, a lot of people really. So this you is my dial, primary focus. You dial it back yeah. too. Because I can, I remember saying times like, Marty, if we don't get the Dobazola video channel, Dobazola channel video done, don't trip. Let's just do it tomorrow. Because I know you got nine other yeah. fools going, hey, Marty, can you get this done? But like, that's the other thing. Dobazola is also my other main, like, dope. once we started working together, and it was, like, really allowed me to realize, like, I'm really not a graphic designer either. I'm really, like, I really like video more. Mm-hmm. Graphic design kind of supports the video. Video is fun. And you were my first client where it was predominantly videos, video. yeah. But then we were able to circle it back and have it be like full brand management, basically, with like when we really put together the thought for dopeisola.com and how we needed it to function and get set up. It took a year. You know how long it took to build that fucking site? It took a long time. Um, but I mean, shit, now we're like, we're set up the right way and we're up and running and we have options. We can do these pay per view events we're talking about. We can. So know. what Marty's talking about is before, we'll, we'll get right back on topic. Sorry. Before we get off topic, Marty and I are thinking about doing a pay-per-view, like, five bucks, watch this video. I know it's like, wait, so you're charging for content. It's more like this. What if we do it on our website? Because YouTube, we can't say everything we want to say. We can't show everything we want to show. Have you ever seen a pound of weed on the table during a podcast? No, because YouTube's going to get pissed. But if we do our own Mm pay-per-view, I can have 150 pounds of weed on this table and just swim in it. Things like that, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about, I don't want to give it all away, but what if we'd like a three-on-three tournament? Like, all right, all the guests come back, run all. Because it'd be kind so of funny sick. to see that. All right, cool. And then it's just, it It depends on what we want, but either way, we can be uncensored. And we're thinking, oh, okay, so we charge people five bucks. They can come watch the video. It's a good trade. It's yeah, a good trade-off. It. I like I love that. It. Yeah. I like that because it's in line with like we're, um, we were saying the comedians selling their stand up specials off their own website for five bucks for you know an hour. But what if it was our and and what if we could just do a podcast in a giant grow room? Yeah, shit and like do that. Do the show from my uh-huh. so today we're in six hundred uh-huh. pounds. A we week. do the three on three tournament and then we re- like watch and react to it from the grow room. Shit like that. Two days later, everybody's <laughs> yeah. still sore. Uh-huh. We're just watching and laughing and shit. That'd be while just trimming up weed. So what do you do? So uh, you know, I'm from fucking Buffalo, man. <laughs> I don't know what I don't. We don't know yet. We're just thinking of that idea. So Pretty drop cool. a comment if you like that idea. If you like that concept, let us know. We're just we're brainstorming out here. Okay, we want to put out more podcast branded stuff that's not necessarily the podcast yes just different stuff maybe a different segment yeah 
get creative with it as things continue to grow. Because it's hard for me in my brain because it's like, all right, the Avengers of Yolo Channel, family friendly. So much. The dope is Yolo Channel. Say whatever the fuck you want. Podcast, say whatever you want, but hold back a little bit because we are also on YouTube. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so where's the uncensored? All of it mixed? Mm-hmm. Okay, what do I do? Mm-hmm. How do I word this? What do I do to make it different? Yeah. Because I'm the same person. How do you make mm-hmm. the same person do four different styles of things? Mm-hmm. It's hard. Yeah, for sure. It's hard. And in my head, I'm like, so what am I going to do? Well, I just won't cuss. It sucks because you're, myself ma- you're up. like creating out of the wrong space when you're doing that. I feel yeah, like. I feel like I'm not trying to be myself, but it's like, no, I am. That's yeah. why it always comes back to the same thing. And I always start going, wow, fuck, because that's just who I am. I'm not yeah. going to be able to change it, mm-hmm. but we're thinking about that. Like, how could we be uncensored? Because I'm pretty uncensored. Mm-hmm. I know we, we really, more when uncensored. I watch the podcast back, though, it's like, I mean, it's pretty clean. Yeah, we don't go crazy. We don't go crazy. We, especially with the clips and the titles and the thumbnails. Yes. Like, we really G-rate it as much yes. as possible. Like, I, we talk about some shit on here, but I would like to say different things sometimes. And I go... Uh-huh. No, YouTube might just go, hey, unplug that channel. Yeah, it's so... We don't want him to say that again. This channel's so valuable to us now that it's no, just like... we'll just play it nice, yeah. motherfucker. And we start doing live shows, get ready. Exactly. I'm going to throw dildos at the fucking audience. <laughs> or I don't know, just something <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, Quick uh, idea I have. Ready? You heard it here first. You ever seen Rocker, Rocky Horror Picture Show? Uh, Tim Curry, you know who Tim Curry is? Motion, it's not Rocky Horror Picture Show. The Rocky Horror Picture Show. Okay, that's what it's called? Science Motion Theater. No, that's that's something different. Okay, all right. Rocky Horror Picture Show is, you know, Tim Curry is? Yeah, or no? Tim Curry from The guy it. that played It, yeah. yeah. He plays a transvestite, is what they called it. A sweet transvestite was like, I don't know where his name was. Anyway, it's like a very sexual, weird, It was a. it's a good movie, but it's a, it's a musical. And my mom, uh, shout out to my mom. She told me when she was younger, during the show at the theater, they would have people go, like, say you go to AMC and Rocky Horror Picture Show. It's 1970-something, 1980, right? They go, hey, reach under your your seat at this time. And on the screen, it'll be like, beep, beep, beep. And the people that work at the theater act as characters and they run through the theater during certain parts of the show. So in the movie, when he mm. pulls up a newspaper, you pull up a newspaper and everyone pulls it out at the same time. And it's like the, it's like, so it's like you're, Oh, what the fuck? And they're like, okay, so pull this out at the same time. When you do, it's like, you should be smelling this smell. Like, Whoa, because on the screen, yeah. like say the guy's peeling an orange and then you uh-huh. smell the whole theater, just orange mist. It's like, it's kind of like, what was it? What would you say? Yeah, like yeah. an immersive. Like, immerse, thank you. Immersive. It's fucking cool. So I was thinking, what if we, one of these episodes at the end, go, hey, so next week, guys, do us a favor. If you can, have like some duct tape, this, a pair of scissors, an apple, this and that. <laughs> Just wait. And during the episode, while we're talking, say I plan the stories I'm going to talk okay. about and say I'm like, I was running and I fell through this and it smelled like this I'm like what if i can plan the stories i'm gonna talk about uh-huh. and then pick a thing in between or a story from yours like next week you're gonna need these six items and we put it up on the screen as i'm saying goodbye uh-huh. and then the next time we do it we during our video edit we just put up grab your apple in five four three and then just 
as everybody's eating. I'm like, <laughs> so I was walking, right? And I was eating this apple pie and I was doing some shit. I don't know. I was trying to think of like, how do I make the audience feel even more into the show? Because I know the fourth shot when we were with Eric Con Goblin, me, it felt like you guys were at the end of the table. Uh, yeah. That's how I felt yeah, when yeah, I was watching it too. Sure. So what if we can be like, that's funny. All right, what's up guys? Grab your, ready, go. Uh, so I was running through this orchard. I, yeah. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of things that would involve a smell or a thing or a feeling or a look. Mm-hmm. Just a thought. I like that. My mom Some explained that to symbiosis me. Symbiosis with the fans. Yeah. I, I don't know. My mom told me, like, uh-huh. wait, what? So like, they had a newspaper and she's like, yeah. And then the guy dressed up like him would run right down the aisle and just scare the fuck out of people. Mm. Sounds odd. Yeah, for sure. But cool. They do that at Disneyland where they're like, see, yeah. The mist with the, uh, the uh, Shrek thing where they yeah. spray the smells. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. 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 For like, podcasting. So, exactly. <laughs> but for podcasts yeah. and you got to do it yourself. Yeah. Except for like the episodes you're talking about your mom. All right. I'll punch yourself in the face. Yeah. So right right now, what you're going to want to do is you sh- you stab. You stab right by your kidneys and then you slap yourself. Be real scared. Start sweating. Whoa. Be mad and scared. Be mad, scared and sweat and start to sweat. Hold your breath until you start sweating. Yo. No, we're not going to do that. But a bag of stuff or hey, next uh, week you're going to need these items if you want. Mm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Sounds kind of awesome. Uh-huh. Leave a comment. Do you like that idea too? So three on three to our pay per view tournament, uh-huh. Rocky Horror Picture Show style it, um, episode. Could be fun. Oh yeah, maybe for Halloween. Uh huh. Yeah, we got Halloween just dressed up as uh-huh. something like. All right, so you're gonna need this candy, this candy, and then <laughs> next week you need this, 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 and this. Um, bro, that's not a bad idea. I'm with all that. Type I of like shit. it. See, these are our FaceTime conversations. Uh-huh. We were in a whole movie of your life and then went, hey, you know me sick? <laughs> yeah. Right? So uh-huh. now, boom, it's 2017. You're starting to get paid. You're picking up. Now you're Joe Rogan's guy. You're Theo Vaughn, uh, Brian, Sickler, Josh Wolf, all these people. You're doing it for years. You're managing all their social media, managing all their stuff, ticket sales, concerts, this. You're funk. You, it's not like, you did it like because they're they're hilarious. It doesn't work without them. Yeah. But I'm saying like for all the stuff that people don't want to do, you're the guy knocking all of it out mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. selling out the arenas like mm-hmm. target marketing, target market. Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, Every all the tickets city are gone. they go to, there's a whole ad campaign associated with it. And that's it. the shit behind the scenes that you never think. And I'm about. dealing with Live Nation and with WME and CAA and all their agents and all the the venues. And so you're acting as manager. Shit. I play a lot of that managerial role for a lot of them. I have in the past, big time. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. It gave me a lot of really good experience. Yeah, for sure. To do it for us. Yeah. Just do I mean, we us. see this shit in action all the fucking time. <laughs> Guys, I got to be honest. When me and Marty started, we we're like, yo, if we could just do this a month, we'll be happy. And we're, all right. Well, we just do. And now it's like, well, it's working. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Holy it's shit. Actual business now. It's crazy. It's fun to be like, oh, we got paid to come in today. Jesus we were just Christ. hoping. Before we were just hoping. And not only did it have to work, it had to work fast. Too. And it did. And it did. And it did. So Fucking thank you guys God. so thank much. Guys. I promise you'll never see a scandal. You'll never see us doing some dumb you'll shit. Never do your wrong. We'll never do some <laughs> wild things. I promise. We're never gonna Marty O'Neill beat the fuck out of April. Like you're not gonna find that, all right? You won't do nothing. As long as you minds your peas and peas. <laughs> <laughs> She just smacked you yeah, in the arm yeah, right yeah. now while you guys watch this. Play. While you're watching this back, she's slapping you yeah, in the arm. Uh-huh. And I feel like you should record My her right when laughing. this is popping up uh-huh. just to get that 
Inception uh-huh. thing going on. Uh-huh. Wear the shirt. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm fucking high. So now we're catching up to you're done with music. You're doing all of this podcasting behind the scenes. So people that like podcasts and watch that, you were there for all of that shit. Yep, and I started like being involved with like when Rogan released his last Netflix special. Cool. You know, Rogan I what? started getting involved with like Netflix. I started doing the the cover art for the specials, the trailers for the specials, being involved with the production companies of the specials. You know, just kind of like kind of moving up levels and levels, you know, within that. And then I put out the book Full Time Podcaster, me and my boy Nick, who's Theo's producer. We put out Full Time Podcaster. Nick, Nick is uh super cool. Yeah, Nick's cool super as fuck. Cool. Um, Nick just linked, possibly linked us with Adam Carolla to get him to come on the show yesterday because Nick used to work for Adam. Tight. Yeah, that's what, that's how I, that's how I work, ended up working for Adam Carolla. Through Nick. Through Nick. Yeah. Um, so then we, yeah, we put out the book and the book was a big thing because it's like, you know, you get really horrible where, margins. Where can everybody find that? Uh, Audible, Amazon, Apple. It's called it's full-time, full-time Podcaster. Podcast. Um, if you go to fulltimepodcaster.com with hyphens in between the words, that you know, has the craziest thing. Not ready. Full time podcaster is your full time job. Mm-hmm. Now it is. So is graphics. Mm-hmm. So is editing all of our other videos. Mm-hmm. It's two different have, businesses. I yeah. know you're full time podcaster in this twelve hours area. <laughs> yeah. In this twelve hour area, we're editing all these crazy videos and yeah. doing crazy shit. So it's not like we're trying to do all this stuff while having four lives on top mm-hmm. of it. And remember, yeah. you have three kids and you're married. Mm-hmm. You can't just be like, oh, yeah, by the way, they're growing up. Oh, fuck you guys <laughs> over there. No, fuck that. Every time I fucking call you, someone's hanging yeah. off your body yeah. and they, choking you and shit. Yeah. So it's like a lot of the podcasting people are like, yeah, you guys are crushing it. You guys are doing it. But I can't wait until we can fucking focus on this full time. Yeah. Be a full time podcaster. Yeah. And it can, do, it will. It, it will ev- eventually. For sure. We just spread ourselves. We're so doing thin. it organically and we're taking the stairs. Like, yeah. We're doing the long route. Yeah. We could have. And not know. dissing anyone at all. I'm yeah, just no, saying everybody's like. Everybody's got their own path. doing their own shit. We already started on the fucking long route. So we're not going to go yeah. and switch up now. Yeah. You work just as long as I do. Except you get up early and sleep at night, and I'd stay up all night and get up at eleven. Yeah, some different shifts. <laughs> it's just different shifts. It truly is. What time you're asleep? Oh, I went to bed five hours ago, four hours ago. Oh, fuck, I hate it. I hate it so much. Um, but, but yeah. So I put out the book, and I didn't make any money off the book, but it really no? made a big statement, and I knew that was going to happen. It just stamped me and Nick at the top of this industry. In terms of the behind the scenes people, because when you put out something educational on a subject, you become an authority in that subject. People okay respect your also, you're knowledge not, about you're not doing this. Oh, I'm not gonna tell you exactly. I hate you, motherfuckers yeah. like that, man. Mm-hmm. I can't stand people like, Oh, you're doing great. Oh, you're doing really good. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not gonna That help is you big in probably the artistic style community. I mean, I was just talking about the other day. Mm-hmm. It's big everywhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dicks. <laughs> But yeah, no, I'm not like that at all. Because I mean, shit, I know I can do. I'm better. Not worried about that. Nobody's gonna yeah, take my yeah. job. Motherfucker. At this point, I'm not worried about that. Uh, so I would rather just kind of claim myself at the top of this industry, a la the hip hop industry in the '90s, and like we always talk about the record execs and the shit that ran that. Just you know, I know I know that me and Nick are that to podcasting. 
So that's why yeah, you guys run. You guys make things function. And not saying nobody else can. I'm just saying when you guys are the ones yeah, been doing it with yeah. these successful shows and have the track record record to show because podcasting's new. It's truly it's newer than the fucking internet. Yeah, the internet's like thirty years old. Yeah, podcast well, is like what fifteen. Yeah, for I mean for real for real. Like, yeah, yeah. Corolla is really the first one. Yeah, you were saying you were telling me that Corolla, Rogan, that whole cloth, but Mark Marin and them, but. We put that out, and then I, right before that, I could tell, even though I had gotten to the point where I had stacked up all these clients and I was working a lot, but I was also like able to not have to work a full-time job anymore, I could tell it still wasn't going to be enough. Mm-hmm. And I really started looking up to Peter McKinnon from YouTube we yeah, always talk about. We always reference his ass. And I really, really always looked up to the photographer. There was just something about the photographer. He could show up and be there on site. He shows, he has a special, he has a tool. It was like my dad with a guitar. He could show up and play his guitar fucking anywhere in the world. He doesn't even think about it. He just does it. And I knew that the next step I had to take was to learn the camera. I knew how to edit. I had no idea how the camera worked whatsoever. Zero percent. What year is this? Uh, This is then, 2000. 19? 17, 18, I think. Oh, okay. We met in January 2020. Yeah. That's when we met. We barely we barely met. Yeah. Feels like it's been like 10 fucking years, Yeah, yeah, years, it really man. does. So we're talking like probably 2018, 2019. And I just completely dedicated myself to studying videography and photography. See, that's what happens when you're like, no, I have to take, I have to be really good at it. You do what you did. You know what I mean? You do like, no, I'm going to take the time and I'm going to study it for a year But and then half. the thing beyond that is that you have to invest a bunch of money into it. Yeah, that's one of the and few things didn't have you have to. Money. So I got a credit card and spent 10000 on it my first on go. All your stuff? Without testing or using any equipment ever, just based off my research, my psychotic research. Yeah, you do a lot of that. You so, do a lot. And luckily I made good choices. I'm really happy with the choices I made in terms of what I bought in my first purchase. And now we're getting close. After I get into this goddamn house for a while and settle down, we're talking about like and making that second round of investments into new camera equipment because the stuff I got is good, but it could there's a whole another level above it. Yeah, but that's a, I want to make a video about that because that's a problem every photographer and videographer that's new faces. There's all this information out there. There's so many different pieces of equipment. They're all so expensive. What am I actually going to need? Yeah. Because unless you know somebody, you can't go test this shit out. And Canon versus Soji versus Nikon versus... You have to go rent all that shit, too, if you want to do if that. If you want to test it out. Yeah. Most people don't do that. They just fucking Most people it. aren't in L.A. where there's 30 places to rent shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We're lucky. We always think, like, well, you don't have something? Like, you're in L.A., motherfucker. So... It's the mecca of stuff. I got my shit. My first gig ever was Theo Vaughn, Live at the World Turn, Dry Run for Netflix. Filming. Yes. BTS. Oh, shit. My first photo shoot ever was Theo Vaughn, the Rat King. When he won the uh, title of Guest of the Year on Fighter and the Kid, yeah. So my first, I was already. You've literally been there every step of the way, day in, day out, every episode, every graphic, every post, every I have every episode in chronological order in their file. Every file. I have every file ever still organized. 
for every live show, every apparel drop, every promo drop, every I have everything I've ever done <laughs> completely organized. Wow. Yeah, no, it's cool so though, much. but to be able to go back like, well, that was my first God here. Yes. Here's with this and this chapter, and then now mm-hmm. we're on a new Developed chapter. Developed into my own style. You know, we did a lot of parody stuff. Parody shit is not easy to do. It's super fucking hard. Really? Yeah, because you're so limited in what you can do. If I'm parodying a movie poster, I got to find the person that I'm putting on the poster like in the exact same position as the person, uh, exact same the lighting and the positioning yep. and what makes sense and and okay, there's text and there's logos on this goddamn poster. I got to remove them so I can put my own text and logos on it. Each one takes like an hour. Oh god, I mean, depending can take all fucking night. I've pulled so many all-nighters doing this shit. But then I really developed my own style too. Yeah. I, I, I found all those in love years with, of that though. Is yeah, where is why you where you're at? But it was such a natural thing because I was already doing mixtape covers and party flyers, so it was like how the crazy same that thing. you're literally trying to get a record and you go no 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 no. There's money in this because I got with I got with Dr. Dre's son Curtis. He became like fucking best friend when I first moved here. I realized that Snoop Dogg had some sort of studio right by where I lived. As soon as I realized that. I booked a session down there. Got down there. I mean, it wasn't Snoop Dogg's studio. It was like some off-brand fucking shit where he was probably one time. But it was nice, but it was sketchy as fuck in terms of just the dude that ran it. And uh, like I told him I wanted to book a session. I went in and met with him. And there were some big LA rappers in there when I went in. And the dude big-timed me the whole time. I sat in his fucking studio for probably seven, eight hours listening to whatever they were doing, the dudes in his office that I'm supposed to meet with. I just sat there the whole fucking day. And at the end of the day, he like called me into his office and shit. I'm getting to know the engineer. I'm making, I'm getting to know the people in there. We're hanging out. It's not like I'm just, you know, but then he like, he hits me with some, what's your budget type of shit, all this shit, whatever. I already knew Drayson Curtis was like affiliated with that studio because I saw a magazine cover. So, and I had been on a mission to get a, a record deal with Dr. Dre the whole time. So then, like, I booked a session. I had to borrow money to do it because booking sessions cost thousands. And then I went in, did my first session, and he's like, all right, I'm going to have Curtis come into your next session. I didn't even ask him. I and think Curtis he told me. Jason. Yeah. So then I booked a second session, and I come back in. We're recording, and then Curtis walks in. He looks just like Dre. Just like him. It's creepy, and I'm recording, and I, I see him. I just keep going, and then eventually he pulls me out, and we sit there, and the three of us talk, and then, like me and Curtis started our own relationship. I started recording like at his house in his closet, which was crazy because he had pictures of Tupac and Snoop and uh, Dre and shit. All your <laughs> idols. <laughs> it was really surreal doing that that whole run when we were doing that together. But that was also the same time when the shit with Brendan and Brian Fighter and the Kid all started. And I realized, like, even though this isn't what I had originally set out for, this is actual opportunity. I've never made a dollar off music. Put my all into it. I'm just going to put it on hold right now because drastic graphics is what's going to keep us, is what I need. I could tell in my heart, like, this is what I need to do. Yeah. So even though I had, like, basically reached where I was really, I mean, on some levels, like, really fucking close to where I was trying to be in music, I abruptly stopped it. Abruptly. Like, I was just listening to the last track I did in fucking Curtis's Closet yesterday. Uh, Went full-fledged into drastic graphics mode once I had the opportunity with Fighter and the Kid. 
Yeah, they fucked up not having you tell your story on their show when you first started. <laughs> what a story, dude. It truly is crazy yeah. as fuck because when you go 2014 and up, whoa, you've been doing all this shit. Like, yeah, what about before? I'm like, wait, what the fuck did you say? You mm-hmm. used to do what? Yeah. This is you rapping? Because remember, you sent me, I'm like, I really hope Marty's music isn't dog shit. Because when you told me, I'm like, yeah, send it to me. It's like after knowing you for so long, I'm like, wait, no, this is Marty. Because I could hear, like, oh, this has been on the radio. 2001? Radio. I totally hear it. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, when you're like, oh, please don't be dog shit. Bro. Yeah, of course. I don't want, I don't want to look at you like, it was cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. It was all right. <laughs> but I was like, oh, no, I can hear it. And I can hear that it's you. I'm like, no fucking uh-huh. way. To, for you to just stop that, just to do drastic graphics, is it such a so life change. so much. Even like, it it's was like an weird. athlete's like, I'm done playing sports. Right when he's about to fucking like. Eh, I got signed. I don't want to <laughs> like, play no more. I was so sick of it in a lot of ways, too. I fucking, there's so much. You are literally the blueprint for so many people out there that watches that do music. Mm-hmm. Like yo, if I could, if I did that, oh my god, I'd come up like that, and then yeah. you had it went. It was a constant. It was this web I had been weaving for years. If I do this, then I can get this. If I do this, then I can get. This. You have to go through people's relationships and just like it's this whole. And then, but I mean, I'm putting out mixtapes. Also, you're albums. white. I'm gonna say this is one of the only times you're like might not help you in this in this situation. No, it was not an advantage whatsoever at, at that time whatsoever. This Especially is before at, Mac Miller, before this Machine is, Gun Kelly, yeah, all that this shit. Is, this is Eminem's the biggest one. If you're not Eminem, then you're probably not going to make it. Because you're looked at as like, oh, so what's up, Eminem? What's up, Slim Shady? There was I, a lot I guess of you, they called you that every fucking day yeah, of your life. I mean, Anyone called you that. Oh, you rap, you're white, you watch a mile before? They probably thought that. I know. I, I am just saying. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It must have been harder to at that time period of that. Not just of that. The, yeah. Yeah. Because that music that was coming out was mm-hmm. like yeah. 50 cent G unit shit. But that was you know my, it was almost an advantage though, because Eminem was on some shock value shit. For sure. When people heard me, they didn't know it was me. Like even when I was, I, I earned, I mean, this sounds douchey to say I earned the respect of the fucking streets in where I'm from, no doubt about well, it. Well, you're there also. Like, you live there from there. Even, you're, but furthermore, but even I moved around so much. I'm not from anyone. So when got I, you, when I you, like, like in Lackawanna, I moved there as a fucking 16 year old and got deep respect to the, I knew it. Like at one point I remember I'm with my boy and I was driving, he was in the passenger seat. This old man, we're at the gas station and he starts talking to my boy in the seat who's huge, probably couldn't even see me driving. He's like, I heard about your boy, white boy. It's tough as nails. Nice. And I was like, they know. Screwdriver. Motherfuckers know. <laughs> yeah. Got that screw in my hand. Old there was man. little moments like that where I was like, I knew there were so many little yeah. moments of like, it felt really good. Good. Don't try to beat me up. <laughs> those were my only wins in music. Those little moral victories. The old like, man, like, heard that white boy's <laughs> tough as nails. <laughs> and he smacked the shit out of you. <laughs> Yo, I love it. I just remember this one time. I was like, yeah. Bunch of little moral victories on the way, but, you know, that was about it. Bunch of like all that, money it, in, no money out. It couldn't out. have helped, though. It couldn't have helped. I mean, like, look at this kid. Nah. That's how yeah. I knew. I mean, mm-hmm. when it comes to the, like, the hip-hop shit. Yeah, for sure. I think it'd be like, nah, fool. But now I, it's, I think it's it's different now. Different's like, yo, the stuff geekiest motherfucker might be the hardest rapper ever i also wasn't aware of the 
I was uh, Benny. I was listening to Benny's new album. He has a, a line on it where he says, "When I was broke, my confidence was on a million. And then he says, "A million. That's how I was. Like my confidence was so high, it never even crossed my mind. I was. It wouldn't have never dawned on me. Like this motherfucker might be thinking I'm fucking something. Oh no, I would <laughs> never think about yeah. it. I don't care. What even you like think, even you saying it now, like I, that really. No, I'm saying never, it wouldn't helped. No. For sure. I'm saying it's not like it you had at the me. one time in life where like I'm six two, blue eyed, bl- yeah. white man, able bodied, I'm smart. That's not my <laughs> advantage. Nothing is helping me. In was, any other situation uh-huh. in life, you're the manager. You are the manager. <laughs> okay. I'll, Do you see what right, I'm saying? I see where you're going with like, that. Like, yo, you never had no no formal education? <laughs> you're the manager now. Uh-huh. You're fine. Uh-huh. So that's all I meant. That's hilarious. That's fucking awesome. That's really fucking funny. Dude, um <laughs> where the hell were we at? Uh, we were at we were at you just stopped doing music. Mm-hmm. You yeah, completely yeah. stopped the shit. Yeah. As you're with uh Curtis. Mm-hmm. You're trying to get the deal with Dr. Dre. You're like, you know what? I'm fucking done with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the man I just dedicated myself to the fucking podcast. How weird is that? Yeah. Did it's really weird because like, like look back like it was nah. I, I wanna rap about that. I'm gonna freestyle, right? You ever like do you ever sit there and go, music? Mm-hmm. You never think I have that? it's I still have the same still the same to me i don't miss it because it's all the same like muscle to me no matter what kind of like creative project i'm going into if i'm writing a song if i'm making a video if i'm making a cover art if i'm like i get the same juice from it got you so it's not like you miss it i don't miss i've never missed going and recording really i mean because it's not me anymore i get that you don't miss I've never. I thought I, you would think I would, but I really haven't. I, I don't really? like sit. I don't write songs. I don't. It's just a different chapter in my life. Like, wow. it's like that's like a little time capsule in my life, mind you. I could go back and do it tomorrow if I wanted to. It's just something I could. I know I could. Like, I listen to Griselda. You. Like, that, I could be doing that right now if I wanted to, but it's just not. I just. I, I'm a. I'm beyond. I'm not beyond that, but it's just. You're, not you're where referencing I'm at in Griselda my life. because. Buffalo, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, these motherfuckers are killing everybody. Yeah, Buffalo. that's what I'm saying. Like, I could be doing, I could, that could be my path, but in my gut, I knew, like, this is, this feels right to me. That's what I want to be doing. Yeah, no, I'm just saying, like, yeah. you know, you ever talk to boxers, like, you don't miss it? Like, yeah. I almost punch somebody every day, man. <laughs> it almost was like, every day. When we talked about when I stopped playing basketball, it was real abrupt. I got, yeah. I crashed and burned, and then I was pet, dead, like, obsessed with music. I never thought about basketball again. I was obsessed with basketball my whole life up until that point. Crashed, burned, switched obsessions. Okay. I 100% understand what you're saying. I, all I do is play sports when I was a kid, and as soon as I stopped, I didn't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. But I do sometimes because it's fun. But I, I totally understand what I you're saying. I didn't like now. the feeling of being out here and like still being half of the dude I was in Buffalo. I didn't like it. I was going like I didn't want to be him anymore. I wanted to be a young, successful, like entrepreneur, like all these other people in Irvine that like, especially when we moved into the park, which is like luxury, brand new apartments. We got a deal because April worked for the company when we first moved here. It looks, it's straight up luxury. And I felt like straight white trash when we moved in. I was self-conscious. Like I didn't want to be who I was. I wanted to, I wanted to be more. I want. I was. I didn't. Not saying like that's childish or anything. You just don't want to be that guy anymore. Past chapter of my life. It was like a rebirth moving here. Just a different life. I didn't want. That's fine. Yeah. Like 
All it's like I was someone coming out of about, jail going, I'm going to do good. Yeah, my music was about struggle. I wasn't, I mean, my music was about making it out. Was, if you look back at my music, that's what it was all about. The first couple of years were on some like street shit. But then when you look beyond that, so when I was really going in making real music, like it was all about making it out basically, like what my goals were and shit. California campaign. It was the only way that I could see that I could get out, uh, yeah. out and make, like make something cool happen in life. First, it was like, all right, I got to go to the NBA. I was like, all right, I need a million dollar record deal. Like I've always, I've always liked those you go like hard million, every fucking one day. in a million pops. Yeah. Well, I know the other day you go, we need a million dollar sponsorship. Yeah, you said that to me like three days ago. I say it very we need that casually. Million dollar sponsorship, we're having, man. Yeah, we're having conversations. I'm like, yeah, yeah, these are all cool, but let's not fucking forget, like. Let's start thinking about some goddamn million dollar deals. And I say that because, I mean, people have done it. Yeah, that's not a bad way to think, man. If anybody's done it, we can do it. I've seen it be done, you know, by people before, meaning it can be done. And the thing I like about it is, like, as soon as this camera's off and shit, it's not like anything changed. It's more like, yo, if I gave you a million dollars more, what do you do with it? I'm going to go pay this off. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this, this, this. Cool. Me too. Uh Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, it's not... You'd never even fucking know. <laughs> what? You'd never even know that you got a million dollars. I know what you're saying. You might know I got a million dollars because I'm like, yo, this car I wanted for my whole life, I mm-hmm. got it. Like, well, how? I got a million dollars, you bitch. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm going to go like, yeah, because the million dollars is it's really not a lot of money. It's not. At all. But I'm saying at once, here's a million dollar deal. Like, mm-hmm. wow. Thank you. That's breathing room. Especially when you're like so broke when you were... Trying when you were trying to do stuff so broke, it's like holy shit. Yeah. That's why I always feel like if I'm watching our show, I always forget it's us. I'm always just watching a show. Mm-hmm. When I'm watching my homies' music videos, I'm not looking at my homie. I'm looking at like, all right, who's this artist? Yeah, subjectively. Every time, because I want to, I want to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like, I fucking like when Ratchet showed me his shit. I didn't like. So this is Omar shit. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I was like. Could this be on radio, Spanish radio, all fucking yeah. day? Would I see this on MTV, mm-hmm. Latin, or whatever the fuck and it is? Him specifically, yes. for sure. <laughs> him, I go, okay, so he's like a rocker dude. Uh, he sounds like that? Holy shit. Mm-hmm. I love the contrast. Yeah. He'll he'll be popping. Mm-hmm. I like looking at people like that. So when I watch our shit, I'm not looking at, oh, I didn't like the way I move. Oh, I don't like the notes like I think I said something funny right now. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. oh, that, mm-hmm. oh, that dude with that? And that was hilarious. Uh-huh. I think of it as if I'm watching it as some dude in Missouri, mm-hmm. some dude in Kansas. Would I watch this show if I was just sitting there smoking with my friends? Yeah, I'd watch it. Mm-hmm. That's the, how I yeah. hope it comes mm-hmm. across. Because I get a lot For of people, sure. my dad watches the show now. I showed it to my mom. My mom's been watching the show. My, yep. We watch Good. it with our daughter. Our daughter watches almost every episode. That's crazy. Now, which is, That's I did not crazy. expect that to happen. Because you literally told me, I don't know if I show her Pulp Fiction. Yeah, that wasn't You that told me that ago. four months ago. Yeah. <laughs> All bets are out the fucking window. Sorry for saying fuck so much now. <laughs> but it's cool. I mean, when I think back to when I was 12, I mean, I was listening to fucking Tupac. Deep. Yeah. You know, which so is it's fine, like, but which this is, is different. I'm, you're this fine. Different. It's just as a dad. You and you know, like, you edited it when you should go, hey, earmuffs, don't listen to this part. <laughs> Yo, hey, maybe you should just go get some water real quick and come back when I tell you. Yeah, I was been a couple times. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. go that way. Uh-huh. So we have been talking for almost two hours, right? Uh-huh. We got, we did a chronological thing right now. I should have rolled way more weed. We got a chronological thing going on right now, right? Hold on, hold on. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I do. What? I got something here for you. 
one of them. <laughs> what are you doing? Well, it's almost your birthday. Oh, <laughs> you scared me. I thought you were gonna pull out some something. No, nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna overlay this on the uh, screen. But somebody sent me a birthday video for you. A birthday video. Uh huh. Your Emery. Thomas, a.k.a. Goat, <laughs> as Yola. Well, so I'm not the only one around here with a nickname, huh? I like yours. I don't understand it, but I like it. <laughs> Martin O'Neill has been talking to me, and he said it's my best friend, Thomas, a.k.a. Dope as Yola's birthday. <laughs> that is crazy, <laughs> Die-hard Seinfeld fan. Get the fuck out of here! YouTuber and podcaster. Well, very good, very good indeed. I think that makes you a little soup-worthy. You should have some soup on your birthday. So, the ordering procedure. Know your soup, have your money ready. Speak your soup in a loud, clear voice order and step six feet to the left. This motherfucker is with the times. Order you. Unless, of course, Dopaziola, you're pushing your luck, little man. In which case, as you know, it would be bread. Three dollars. No soup for you. Come back one year. Next. Yo, this man's on I don't on think point. you want that. You don't want the YouTube or podcast that kind of an outcome. You want to let everyone know you got your soup. So, get your soup. Have a happy birthday and adios, muchachos. Yo, no <laughs> way. That shit is crazy, right? <laughs> the second I came, I was like, that the fucking soup nonsense? What are you sure? <gasps> it's this cameo. No, you're the man. Uh, so funny, right? Oh, my God. My homie used to live next door to him. No I got so sad. I was like, you better the Snoop Nazi, motherfucker. <laughs> yo, holy shit. I did not expect that. Yeah, I was yeah. like, yo, what is he going to show I me? I almost fucking forgot. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for the sick Bills hoodie. I'll flash it up on the screen. Bro, what? It's borderline. Our, this episode's right in between both our birthdays. And, and Freeway Rick Ross pushed us back, so it was kind of nice. That was fucking awesome. <laughs> this episode's coming out on my birthday. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was saying. Hey! <laughs> Yo, Soup Nazi? Right. That was so fucking epic. Please send me that after we're done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I can, I, where was I going? I, I was saying something. It sounded like you had uh, some path you wanted to go down that I didn't know about or some shit. Sorry, I interrupted you. What happened? <laughs> Sorry, we were talking about everything, and then you that that threw me the fuck off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, "Man, I wish I would have smoked Yeah, no. Weed. So we basically just got through. Uh, we basically just got through. Like, where you at? Getting all the educating up here. myself through the camera, buying all my equipment. I bought all my ten thousand dollars worth of equipment. I did two shoots. Hold on, hold uh -huh. on. Soup Nazi. Oh, yeah. All right, just for everybody out there. Sorry, I'm still, I'm still processing. I can't wait to send it to Rosie. <laughs> Got to put him on the soundboard now, right? Oh, uh. fuck. Okay. <laughs> you got all your stuff. 
you did your shoots with Theo, did everything. We started, you started liking video more. We met me. That's 2020. Well, yeah. So I go to, I go back to Buffalo for the first time. When? When I knew you? No. So I went back to Buffalo in late 2018. And you left in 14? 13. 13. Yeah, 13. July 2013. And you know what was really trippy? We got a three-month Airbnb with my boy from Buffalo that I did music with, Mikey. When we got to the house across the street from the Airbnb house, this big-ass house in Tustin, was this little basketball court that belonged to one of the neighbors. But it was a little dirt private road, and they said we could play on it. Etched in the concrete of this basketball court, it said, Martin and Michael. Both of our names. Whoa. Fucking trippy. Whoa. But then, that was it. <laughs> oh, that was that's that, the whole story? No, that was like nothing else on the concrete. Oh. <laughs> but, yeah, anyway, he, he headed back to Buffalo like right away. Um, you guys got an Airbnb here. I know you guys have seen the story before, but Marty was yeah, with yeah. the guy Curtis, Dr. Dre's son. They happened to come to a party. We needed a camera guy. Marty said, I'll do the camera guy. And he was filming that was fucking me. Right after that time frame. I'd only been here about a year. So then. Wild. Now, okay, so I go back to Buffalo for the first time. I see my family I was telling you about. I reconnected with my mom's side of the family. I had a family reunion for the first time ever, which was a huge. And you met them? Like, yeah, re-met a lot of my family, which was like a really big moment. I was at Delaware Park, which. You know, like we were talking about RIP, man. That's fucking, there's a horrible news. We were talking about Delaware Park in Buffalo last episode. Horrible, tragic news story happened at Delaware Park since then, like two nights ago. Anyway, I was just looking at the pictures. We were there. But then while we were there, like I listened to whatever Dope is Yola video was that you said you wanted to do the podcast and I reconnected while I was in Buffalo. Oh, so, really? Yeah, because I remember when you gave me the DM and I was, and I'm like, let me see what this guy's got to say. For some reason, I'm like, let me mm-hmm. see what this guy's got to and say. Like, April didn't know what the fuck you were. I was like, trust me, this could be something big. I just made a big connection. As soon as we get back, I'm going to go meet with him. Yeah. As soon as we came, I was there for like fucking three weeks. It was so oh, was that trip. I remember oh that God. trip. Oh my God. So this, hold on. this is the first time you've been back. Mm-hmm. Did you see anybody that we've talked about? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I saw, I saw a couple of my boys. Mm-hmm. And what were they doing? Same shit? Yeah. Well, like two of my boys that I'm talking about are real, are like real active in music still. My boy Weedy, my boy Edot, they still, they're on it like really still do it good shit so it's like yeah they are still they're still doing music um so yeah i mean i connected with them and then like they had like did they trip out when you're not doing music no more no surprisingly no nobody fucking nobody has said anything nobody it was like very natural i mean just because i'm just i had i was drastic graphics the whole time too they weren't they were going alongside each other supporting each other the whole time so it was like i'm just you know I'll get back to it if it presents me opportunity, but until then, I'm just going with I can't. Yeah. Keep just dumping money into music. That's selfish. And I don't. I don't see myself going out into L.A. and performing. I never even like performing. Like I like recording. I like going and making albums and putting together albums. Yeah. That was my thing. And all the behind the scenes shit that I do for this, I really like do, making all those connections, making shit happen. Like that's what I really like doing. Yeah. You know, but. So, uh, then I came back and then I met you, I, we came up and met with you. I was like, damn, I felt like I knew this dude for a fucking long time. We just sat and talked and, uh, like right away I had already been knowing who you were and shit. I'd been watching yeah. your video. I'd been following you since I had originally met you. So I already knew what I was getting into. And I didn't even know I met you. 
Yeah. I yeah. didn't know you were in you were in my video until my mom episode. Yeah. So it was like didn't even know. All that preparation. I thought I was gonna be following these fools around on the road, having to travel, learning how to do all this shit. But it was like all that preparation was for we just like took the dope Yola channel up the whole year. Yeah. Right away. Like with the story times, with the vlogs, with everything. And then started planning this. We were planning this month one. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you, I knew I needed, I wanted to hit you back up because you said, oh, I've been following you for a long time. But when I saw that you wanted to do a podcast, I knew to hit you up. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, good. Because most people are like, let's work. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. I can't stand when people say, let's work. Like, what do you do, motherfucker? Mm -hmm. I do multiple things. Be specific. That just means you're mass DMing yeah. motherfuckers. Let's work. Don't <laughs> yeah. do that shit to me. I yeah. fucking hate it. Yeah. Because it shows me that you're not ready. Mm -hmm. You're just wasting my damn time. And that's why I put out the book because it's like in a situation like that, that's me looking ahead into the future and knowing I'm going to be in a situation where I contact somebody I want to work with and they look me up. This motherfucker wrote a book. Yeah, I didn't even shit. look you up. Yeah. I saw, I when you said that sentence, I go, I'm going to look into this. I'm going to look at your page and yeah. shit. Because, you know, I go through all my DMs. When I saw it, I saw a lot of people ask me to work, and I look at their stuff. I'm like, oh, man, that's not what even what you do. Mm -hmm. It's not what you do. I need somebody that that this is their profession if I'm going to do a yeah. podcast. I could have done podcasts five years ago. Mm -hmm. Shitty in like, my apartment. See, I always thought, like, damn, I'm working with big-name comedians. I'm going to start. I'm going to get my money working for famous comedians. Like, eventually, if I, would. if I work hard enough, like, eventually, this, is, this only makes sense. But it... That whole chapter of my career was building up credentials. And it's more valuable. To get to the point to now where it's like, oh, I can be an executive producer of a show. Yeah. And I had the, when I reached out to you or when I like came into contact with Panay Films, I have the credentials. They, this motherfucker works for, that's how they introduced me. You're like, this motherfucker works for X, Y, and Z. And then now they have a different level of respect dealing with me. Now it's like. Because it's not like, it's not, oh, you, you must be fucking awesome. It's not, it's like, no, those people trust you. Exactly. Because I'm not going to just trust a guy to say that's who works for mm -hmm. me. Fuck no. Yeah. Hell no. Mm -hmm. it, because people might do some weird shit and that, that's on you. Yeah. But especially like Joe Rogan. Like, oh, who's Marty? I don't know, Marty. Like, no. You do work. You work there. They know who you, like you're yeah. their guy. Mm -hmm. It's I hate when people just try to slightly name drop stuff mm -hmm. because it just shows me like, uh, yeah. are you serious? Because I don't like when you do that because most I, I, people try my, to keep it under wraps exactly. they want you fucking 30 favors getting asked. Yes. Like, no, nah, I really work with that. I ain't trying that. to. Yeah, I know. Mm, step in my boundary with them because it's you. Th that's a, like a chasm so many people have to try to figure out it's not easy to deal with there's a fine line between i'm getting my name out there i'm working with big people and i'm getting paid i'm getting taken advantage of a little bit for my like where's my hourly rate at and all this versus what is this going to lead to in the future and you're just building blocks though yeah planting yeah. seeds of, of course but you, the way you did it was five years non-stop which is your way it has to be mm -hmm. if you're serious yeah fucking seven years non-stop no getting paid yeah if you're serious, you'll keep going. It's not there was nothing you're serious. I just knew it'd lead to something bigger. Yeah. It can't all be like it's like I'm on to something. Yes, right? I'm on to something. I made people go, Hey man, thanks. That was fun. Mm -hmm. What did you say? Yeah. I alright, I'm gonna do it again. Mm -hmm. Like that's all it was for me. Like, what did you say? You love that movie too? I'll be back tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Let me do another thing. Yeah, and then yeah. just kept going and then I started talking, then when we met, I don't ever talk on camera this long until I started doing story time. 
So when you're like, let's do a podcast, I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready to start. Mm-hmm. And even when we started, I look back in those videos, I'm like, ah. Oh. I just watched back the first few moments of our first ever trial run video. We should put it out at the end of that season. Oh, the first it's really first funny. video. It's 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 because you it's like you're, those first moments you were like, okay, fuck, we're doing it. Oh, all fuck, right, what fuck. do I say? I can't fuck up, right? Because it's all like one string. <laughs> ah, shit. But then after like one or two little takes, you just find your groove. And yeah, because I remember the rolling. first one. I'm like, can I do the intro like 70 more times? Because <laughs> I fucking hate it. Because uh-huh. I do my intros. I, I posted one today on the Dope Jill channel. I'm like this, like, hey, so back in the ninth grade, I did that. So back in the 10th grade, I did this because I remembered, wait, no, nah, bitch, you were that. That's 10th grade when you met her. Scratch. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to. It's weird. It's weird because I feel like one day. We could be doing the, so, the Jimmy Kimmel thing, the late night. Mm-hmm. So, what's up, guys? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like I could do that because I can, oh, Cloris sure. Leachman, you're totally. old as shit. I could talk to Cloris Leachman. Yeah. She's fucking awesome. Yeah. Oh, uh, Logan Paul, what's up, man? Let's talk. I feel like I have that For sure. 12 to 90 exactly. age range you pretty can talk locked to anybody in. Yeah, like, like I can associate and talk. I knew Kellen was going to be like, what the fuck? He's fucking funny. I love that guy. He's but very You cool. were astonishing him with all your references. That's because he's not used to it, man. Most no, people I, seem like, how old are you? 20, 23? Mm-hmm. Like, even if I was 23, motherfucker, I still know all the same shit. Uh-huh. It's just how you brought up. Yeah, yeah. Like the shit that you like. And I don't know. I feel like we could do a late night show. I feel like we could do a talk show. Uh, Mario Lopez, whenever you're ready to be like, hey, man. I know I'm buff, but Thomas, you could take over my spot. Like, I'll take over Mario Lopez's spot. Uh-huh. I'm trying to get buff right now. I, yeah. How about this, world? If I get buffer than Mario Lopez, put me on Jimmy Kimmel late night, too. Because that means I've been working my ass uh-huh. off. Because that fool's ripped. And he's like uh-huh. 60. I know he's probably yeah, not he's been 60. Ripped since like the early 80s. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> fucking wrestling and fucking, uh-huh. what was it? Uh, Saved by the Bell when they wrestled in like the hallway. Uh-huh. It was so odd. Like, oh, you guys are on a set. Couldn't have just made it look like a gym. <laughs> you wrestled in the yeah, middle like, of the hallway. They did that in Power Rangers too. Mm. I'm sorry, I'm starting to reference a bunch of dumb shit. Uh-huh. But Power Rangers, Jason Red, two twenty, two twenty one. Yeah, right, bitch. You uh-huh. repped at two twenty. Sorry, Marty. I'm just going off topic. Um, ready? <laughs> Let's do it. I have. This is the path I was going to take. We got you chronologically all the way up to this point. So for everyone out there, Marty. They always ask, you should uh, have Marty sit at the table. Here we are. You've heard from birth to now, yeah. right? Pretty much. So I want to get into like the in-betweens. You were doing some wild-ass shit as a kid, too, because <laughs> you told me some stories. All right, for everyone out there, while we're getting set up, Marty is way more aggressive telling <laughs> oh stories God. outside of the camera than he is on camera. So... Why Why are you carrying around a fake gun? To scare? Okay. All right. Are you talking about what we were talking about earlier? <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about what we were talking about earlier, man. That's exactly what I'm talking yeah. about. No, we had a, me and Jamal had a stretch where we'd go to the, um, to the flea market and get BB guns and then paint them all black and have them on us just to fuck around with, basically. But they definitely look like real guns. And his bank robbery was shortly after that. And at first I was like, he did use a real gun, but it was in this little stretch of us fucking with all these BB guns. And, uh, and like I said, 
there was like, <laughs> I keep saying like I said because we fucking talked about this earlier. Yeah. But he was doing shit with the BB guns that foreshadowed him doing crazy shit with real guns. Uh just on some terrorizing innocent people thing. Yeah. And we're not trying to sit here and just put this guy down. We're just no. talking about stories you guys used to, shit used yeah, to do. Yeah, no, this. Yeah, I mean, we. I mean, the BB guns weren't really a huge deal. The one little incident, he scared this girl with one. That you know, uh, and but then there wasn't there, like we were talking about. We we're there's this whole situation and we're in the back seat of this girl's car and this fool. We're at a red light and this kid rolls rolls down the window. There's a father and son next to us. Points the BB gun at him. And, like, the fear in this dad's eyes, like, in his son in the front seat, young kid now especially, that I look back at that, I've always remembered that, because that was one of the moments I, I was like, oh, we're different. That was one of the moments I realized we're, I would never do some shit like that. We're different, bro. You're some darkness inside there. Ugh. And there were, <laughs> I mean, you Man, know. I hope all the best for the guy. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't, I had to really, because, like I said, after everything that happened, I was really mad for a couple years. But then I just, as my son got older, I looked, I, I look at how like vulnerable he is, how sensitive he is. And just like, I could never imagine a little kid going through what he went through. And that's and why you're like, okay, I he understand. He was doomed. He could never have normal relationships or yeah. normal life. I mean, he like, you know, he heard from his mom from the first time ever while he was in jail. Like on the back of a napkin type shit because he was bumping into his biologicals in prison. Whoa. And like he found, yeah, I mean, he found out like there, it was a whole crazy saga of oh, finding out sad. where you come from while you're in prison. Yeah. What a place to find out. Yeah. Hey, here's a napkin from your mom. Basically. Why the fuck did you get this? Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be the first thing yeah. I ask. Like, yo, could you sneak some cool shit in if you're going to sneak in this? No. That'd be my first thing to ask. Yeah. I mean, it's always, I mean, imagine you don't, you know, you don't know who your parents are and then you, you might not want to find out. Oh, yeah. Or I get the that. scenario behind, you know, everything. <sighs> Crazy shit. So I came, I definitely came to a place where I don't walk around mad about the shit anymore. I mean, that feels like a past life, all that. Like, I don't, I also think that type of shit gives you cancer. Like, yeah, the negative shit. Con- holding big long having conversation right now i bet you you guys just want a lot of you just stopped having this conversation 10 minutes ago where you're having a full-on argument with a person that's not even there about a situation that happened five years ago mm-hmm. i've done that for yeah i still years. do it but it can consume you at the same time yeah you gotta stop i have full-on conversation with people that fucked me and i go like just fools that played the shit out of me uh-huh. when i thought they were my friends yeah and i just like it literally physically hurts yeah, my yeah. head thinking about stuff. You can have stretches people. of weeks where something really bothers you oh, like that or fuck. months or years. Yes. Even. That's why I can't. That's why I always say, I'm so glad I wasn't a gangbanger. I'd be dead because I can't let nothing crazy shit go uh-huh. like that. I'm like, what'd you do? Uh-huh. What'd you do? Oh, I'm never going away. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. No, I can't do yeah, it. Like, I know exactly I'm going to throw up thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So don't do that. For everyone out there, you had to let it go. Because it's going to kill you eventually thinking about it. Yeah, and, you know, I understood. I just grew up more and just like, you know, people go through crazy shit in their lives or whatever. I don't know. But my circle's so tight at this point that, you know, it really doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Nor And it was good for me to be completely isolated because I didn't still have one foot in Buffalo for... I didn't go back for five, six years. It's crazy. So... I was completely isolated and I just made it like, you know, a whole new life out here. And when I did go back to Buffalo and saw all my boys, it was fucking amazing. 
like when we went out to dinner and that was really cool like you know we're out at a bar and shit and from came through but then also when we, i was like went back to the hood for a little bit and we were chilling and shit and like seeing some of my peripheral boys that i might not have expected to see and them come through like telling the younger dudes there about like uh you know this motherfucker's a legend right here like all this shit he went through all this shit like really like they're on some music shit still he's putting in context what the fuck you got to do to make it happen type of shit like a coach like a like a coach that really cared about you would like yeah fucking shout some shit at you he, that's, that's what he was doing yeah and that felt really cool just to sit there and be like, damn, I'm on the opposite side of this. Oh, fence man, I don't now. even care about that no more, which is crazy, too. That is crazy, too. That's wild Last time as I fuck. was in those apartments was we were on a, it was our life mission. I mean, it's my whole identity. My whole, like, I'm like that, I guess. Yeah, the videos you've sent me of you filming your homies yeah, yeah. in these houses Because it's shit. cool, because we were going to make a DVD. We were going to, like, put out a DVD at some point. And, you know, I got all this fucking hood footage. You and that beard and I all that I had the chin, shit. shitty chin strap. Yeah, and all that crazy beard. It just, like, well, that white dude's got a pistol. <laughs> That's all I look at. Well, that guy stands with a... He's got a pistol right there. I could see it. Like, damn! You're the only white motherfucker out Yo, that's because when I went to Oregon, I'm like, damn, I'm brown as shit. I'm the only brown uh -huh. motherfucker here. When I went to my school, I wait. Uh -huh. <laughs> Whoa. I don't feel safe, I guess. And I know that sounds terrible, but it's more of like, did I come to a good town mm -hmm. or a racist? Yeah, town? what kind of white town what is this? What kind of white town is this? But the same with a, uh, you go to like a predominantly. Asian town, go, yo, are these like the cool old Asian chill, like watering plants, or are these the fools with Uzis? Uh -huh. Because there's always, the, that's my same people think with Mexicans. Oh, I went to East LA and it was fine. Like, yeah, not all Mexicans are gangsters, yeah, stupid. Yeah. But it's what you have to assume, like, so which part of town? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You can always tell when it's a, when you ever see a 99 cent store, you know you're, you're getting to the Uzis. <laughs> there's never a 99 cent store where there's targets. You know what I'm saying? I'm like right next to, fuck, there's Not a 99 cent store right next there's to 99 Target cent store. There's 99 cent stores next to the Dollar Generals every fuck, within a three yep. mile radius. Like yeah, there's everywhere. a lot of checking the cash, mm -hmm. checking goes, yeah, a lot yeah. of those, you're like, uh, lock, roll them up, <laughs> like if I can, National Lampoons. But no, dude, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's different. It's funny seeing the, like, damn, Marty, you really out here just chilling? Fuck, cause cause you don't think of it, cause I know you as this person. So I'm like, I would never roll around just chilling with a gun with my homies. No, but now it's different. I have a lot of friends. I have guns, and it's like mm -hmm. you guys are all adults and fathers. I know. And I'm. I just got my gun license, and I feel like responsible. Yeah, you need that. What I'm saying, when you were younger, it's like yeah, it's crazy. You're rolling just, around with well, like, you were in the future, and you're in the fucking car. Yeah, yeah, you you were. I would never put myself in that position because my mom, mm -hmm. I'm gonna get my ass beat. And then go to jail. Yeah. I was always super shit. scared of jail. I never had a fear of my parents. They were, it was never physical. But I was always super, super scared of jail, though. Yeah, you no don't want to go it. be, oh, I can't leave? Yeah. Oh, that's my thing. Like, how long do I got to be here? I go crazy. I go fucking insane at normal things. Like, yes. I can't. And then when Jamel went to jail, like I was, I was going up there all the time, and I was very, I was mentally in there with him. It was like traumatizing. Like, 
being a young kid in there and grown man's jail and i was just like waiting for him and shit like i extra knew i like was aware of it <laughs> yeah, well, i mean i was going to all the prisons when i was a kid so i was kind of like i never thought of it like that all i thought was my only fear growing up was i hope some dumb motherfucker don't shoot me in the face mm. that was my always thing because i'm i'm always super cool everyone knows me like mm -hmm. But there's going to be that one stupid ass fool when yeah. I'm selling a sack to and they see me selling it or something dumb or I always sold sweet to my friends. But like I always thought, like, oh, where you from? I shut the fuck up, man, dude. Do you need to ask me where I'm from, dude? <laughs> do you hear the way I'm talking to you? Yeah. Like does my geography yeah. really matter. Do you see my vans? <laughs> I'm not affiliated asshole. Now it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. People, gangsters wear vans. I get that. But. That was my fear of that. And yours is jail. Like, yeah. jail never so much because I saw it and go, oh, well, I have to get that too. Fuck. I have to stab. Oh, fuck. Uh, can I just read a book? Can mm -hmm. I just be the guy that reads a book? Oh, that's nerd. Can I just be the nerd? Mm -hmm. The nerd that helps you guys write stuff or something? Yeah. But the jail thing, all that. I was scared of the randomness. I was scared of like, I was always aware of like, damn, I could be sitting here and a bullet come through the window. Or I thought of like, that a lot too. Like the, yeah. like randomness, like you're playing basketball like the kid at Delaware Park the other night. Ugh. Playing, next thing you know, you're fucking dead on the court. Because uh, you fouled the motherfucker too hard or something. Me think like I, I talk well. Him. I'm good at de-escalating things. Very, very, very good at it. Because I always go, yo, if this wasn't happening, you'd probably smoke weed. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. You smoke weed? Me too. Can we just like talk about this? That's my thing. Is That's so fucking funny you say that. It's true though. Anytime there's something de-escalate by full, I got a blunt. Mm -hmm. Can we not fight? Mm -hmm. We'll just smoke a... Seriously. Wait, who's your... You went to what school? Yo! And then that's how it always works out. Like, oh, you uh -huh. killed somebody for what? Uh -huh. Who's... Oh, that's his brother? Some You knew that kid? <laughs> you fucked up and just killed some guy over an argument. I hate it so fucking much. That's why I hate going to stores. I hate... I hate talking to motherfuckers grimy fools i don't like it in public because if i get pissed and i've punched somebody i might get shot i don't know you know what i'm saying it's just like just leave me alone bro i just want to go to work and yeah, come yeah, back yeah, and yeah. i guess I do my own thing i don't go to anywhere and like i said i'm i'm pretty good at de-escalating shit yeah. like when it comes to fightings or almost getting shot like, hey is people just need to hear that most mm -hmm. people just it's a misunderstanding mm -hmm. 90 percent of the time it's, it's not the boogeyman showing up yeah it's always just a misunderstanding What'd you say? Like, nothing. Like some ego shit. It's yeah. always a misunderstanding, and y'all, you back down. Like, no, mm -hmm. you back, and then you suddenly get shot. Mm -hmm. Like, what, like we were talking about earlier. It's just, it's fucked up. But since we're on this shit topic, and I want to, like I said, I wanted to brush it somewhere else. You pulled interview with a drug dealer on me right now, and goes, "Yeah, you know, he scared that girl with the gun." You told an <laughs> aggressive ass story. In the car, uh -huh. and you told me everything of what happened, and in here you go, "Well, you scared, scared a girl with a gun." You, <laughs> oh yeah, that you whole motherfucker! <laughs> you told me an elaborate ass. Whoa! Oh, we're about to do a podcast right now. Save it. So we'll skip the whole cool part about this girl was a dumbass, and they went uh, to fucking scare her, make her think she was getting robbed, so she'd be uh, no. This girl was like my borderline half a girlfriend. Like I was telling you, she would like. Oh, that's right. That's right. She would like literally come by and see me on the my lunch breaks at the mall and shit. I was working at the mall and then hang around and wait because she was from like by Niagara Falls. Like her, she had like a rich family. She liked coming down in the fucking Lackawanna and shit. 
So then she, like, this one time, but she was always so fucking snaky and sketchy and doing extra snaky shit, but I didn't give a fuck. I, I really didn't. So she was would, like, literally wait for me in the parking lot of uh, Walgreens by my mom's house while I was working, and then she was doing, like, some super extra, extra shit or whatever, and Jamal walked up to the car with the fucking BB gun and, like, tapped on the window with the fucking BB gun or some shit. Scared the shit out of her while she's like, and then I'm there. And then you like, dick. you know, we get in and then we're, and she's then like the, driving us back into the father and son thing. That's happens. when that happened. He was off the Did chain with that shit. Did you to scare her with a gun? I don't think, I didn't ask him, but we were like, we had it. We were like toying around. This is a BB gun. We it. were like, we had it. We were kind of menacing with this fucking thing a little bit at the time. Like we were active with the fucking BB gun. Sounds like <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker! Uh, no, I mean he, you're the commercials. Don't pay. Don't hang around with. Fa- don't play with fake guns. Yeah, when the kid yeah, gets yeah. shot, that was you guys. But I mean, I had a real gun too. I know. Yeah. I know. But this fucking beat. We would shoot each other with the fucking. We were having fun with the fucking BB gun. I get it. But he was just teasing her on some like. She was just so she played up the I'm so fucking stupid and suburban like that was her thing, you know. And then like he was just she just came just to wild. Like, uh, I want to date a hood guy, but not too Marty. She just saw blue eyes. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. guy. <laughs> I used oh, to, he plays. He raps. Uh huh. I'll even wait for you outside the parking uh-huh. lot. I'll wait all day. <laughs> So, yeah, but that was when that exact incident is when the thing happened when he pointed the BB gun at the, the fucking dad and, and son at the red light. Because that moment thing. always stuck with me. And then, like I said, shortly thereafter, this motherfucker was pulling armed robberies, robberies and bank robberies. Yeah. Fuck. So did he get out of the bank? Yeah, he was. He got out and was he robbed the, the bank. So took off. They got off on foot. They ran around the corner. Now we're in one of the. They're in one of the nicest suburbs, Kenmore. It's like uh, it's robbed a nice bank. They robbed the police credit union. Okay, like the whatever Kenmore police credit union. Okay. (laughs) Okay. But also, like, damn, that's a bold move for some holy shit, seventeen or sixteen year olds. No, we're not gonna rob the bank. We're gonna rob the police bank. (laughs) So when I go to jail, everybody's cheering me when I walk in. So they went in, they did it. They had his car car parked around the corner. He had like almost like your car. It looked like uh almost looked like the training day car, but it was like oh, a Buick. Nice. The Regal. It was like a, yeah, it was a throwback. And they hopped in that. They made a big scene. Everybody saw him in the neighborhood. They peeled out and they're three days later they're still in the car together. And they got pulled over and they all went the fuck to prison. So if they didn't roll around that car anymore, they wouldn't have caught him? I would they, I they mean, had masks on? I think so. Yeah, bro. What they got away? They got away for Did a couple you ever days. Ask him how much money they got away with. Not really. I didn't he ask specific. Asked. I really didn't. I would have been like, so because bro, how much did you get? He didn't. I don't. You know what? I never fucking asked. He said, "Hey, you should just give me it to me even, while you're gone." We didn't even. We didn't even. It was so traumatic for my family. We didn't even talk about the actual act. We didn't even talk about it. It's fucking crazy now that I think we didn't. I never asked him how much money they took. I don't even know question. where the money went. You should have asked him. Yo, he didn't have money? any fucking money. What? Well, somebody ended up with whatever yeah, money. Somebody they stole. got that money. There was a bunch of dudes though that he was with. Oh, really? Like four dudes went down. Oh fuck! Yeah, they were all, all around teenagers. the same car. That yeah, you just robbed a bank with. Yeah, they walked into the police credit union and robbed. Oh my god. Yeah. 
savages. Yeah. And I had no idea. Wow. We saw it on the news type of shit. My mom called me. I had just met April. What watching this shit? Yeah. Like, and I was like, me and him were. The cops chased him away and everything in the cars or they got away? They got out. They they got away. Yo, the cleanest break ever. They didn't <laughs> get away. That's fucking sad. He was asking for it. Yeah, he's definitely asking. He for was it. on a string. He was going through a lot of shit. You know, he you really sounds like yeah, he's all fucked up. That's he was sad. All, like I remember one time we um, <laughs> they used to have me house. My aunt and uncle used to have me house set when they would like go places or whatever. Once they moved out into the suburbs, and Jamal was living in one of these other foster homes on the east side for like time beings and shit. But I would still go get him. We'd still be fucking hanging out the house. I'd be house sitting. So he's no longer like living with my aunt and uncle, but me or like still fucking hanging at the house because I'd go and pick him up and they'd yeah. be gone or whatever. And then like we'd have a, we had a party one time at the house and he got real drunk and he's fucking, I mean, not only did he puke all over the sheets that I had to handle cause I was <sighs> like, but then he's like, bro, my mom, like he started talking about us. It was the first time I ever heard him talk about like, yeah, all that shit. We never really talked about it, and like that was just like, damn, bro. I can't. I, that to me is like, I don't know what to do with that level of pain. There's yeah, and then I mean, I, I at some point I realized like, all the people in my life, all my closest people in my life had that level of pain. Like they all had like really bad childhoods, and I was I remember thinking like, damn, I'm really lucky because. When I was really young, like it was dope. It was fine. Like it was just normal. Like That's I didn't awesome. have all this extra shit going on. They just it was just it's normal. Great. Yeah, and I, I I realized that we were different because of that. Like I know I'm not capable. I would never rob in a, a fucking bank. Even then, like even when the dude prison? was telling, even when the dude said rob the but rob a fucking bank. Oh yeah, when he asked you about you were gonna get paid. It wasn't money. in the cards for me. Yeah. You know, like what, you know, and it's the same thing that we were talking about. The difference between, you know, if you're, if you're, if you, if you grow up like, how, you know, and you're a, a good person by your formative years, if not, you could be a cold hearted kid at 15 fucking shooting motherfuckers. For sure. By the time you're 19, you're cold as shit. Yeah. Ugh. I know a lot of people you, like that. If you too. grow up with your parents beating you and your parents treating you like shit. I mean, I, I saw it a lot. I didn't, I didn't have that. So I wasn't completely, I had a killer instinct. I developed that. Like, I remember like music gave me that, that like real confidence. I didn't really have that in basketball. I was the hardest worker and that was always enough to float me by, but I didn't have a killer instinct. If I had a killer instinct, I would have gone way the fuck further, but I was nice. But when I started doing music and really hanging out, I developed that and that stuck with me. For sure, I mean, for sure. I'm just saying, like, from all the entrepreneur people, people doing graphics, people doing music, people trying to come up, people trying to work for. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, it's a blueprint. I, I mean, the way I see it, mm-hmm. that's why I'm like, who is this guy? Like, don't worry, man. He works really fucking hard. That's mm-hmm. all that matters. Yeah, truly. Like, I don't meet a lot of people that have the work ethic like that at all. Ev- fucking ever. Rare. If it's not mm. out, outside of my family, I've met maybe three people like that. Mm. I know. I know. Like. People work hard, they trap and drive and drive. And yeah, I get that, I get that. But it's the making money legitimately mm-hmm. is that the, was the hardest thing, thing yes. ever. Yeah, I never, yeah, I never, I never like, you know, I was never selling drugs myself. I never like made a bunch of illegal money. I never had any fucking money. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm just saying, like, you had to do it just literally just working and working and working yeah. and working and working. Like, exactly. The unglamorous route. Yeah. <laughs> Which is yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, shit. Worked out. <laughs> <laughs> fucking paid off. That's what I'm grateful w- for now. Worked out. <laughs> Your house should be done this, this weekend? In, like, two weeks. It's going to be You're done. moving in this weekend. Mm-hmm. So, it's going to be, like... Still being worked on while we're living there for a little bit. But But you're moving in this weekend. Mm -hmm. All the rooms are done? Bedrooms, yeah. I mean, even since I've been here, I've been getting pictures about the fucking updates to the floors went in and... Fuck yeah. Yeah. How cool. What a different feeling. doesn't feel real yet because it's been just chaos in the fucking Well, what a good episode then. Yeah. Literally right before you get in your house. It's good to do this. You're going to move in as this episode's coming out. You'll be Mm -hmm. moving in. Yeah. Let's edit this shit quick. (laughs) <laughs> gotta edit this quick um it's been two and a half hours yeah hell yeah also you're not getting out of here without telling me the hooker story oh. <laughs> yep i want it i want it out <laughs> cough it up okay. the right. hooker story but with you and april that hooker story this is not going to be what people expect <laughs> <laughs> april's his wife yeah go so hooker story the night could be... You told me as we were painting this wall black. Oh, really? I was standing right there. You were standing there and you were low getting this stuff. And you go, and this fucking bitch. That's what we were doing. You were hitting uh-huh. the wall. I, I remember okay. when you told me the story. Okay. Go. Uh, it was the night McGregor fought Khabib. Okay. For all our UFC fans out there. So we couldn't find anywhere. We got a, ho- we got a hotel at the Hotel Irvine, which is a really nice hotel in Irvine, to watch the hotel because they had it going in the to restaurant. watch the fight. Yeah, to watch the fight. They had it going in their restaurant. But we got there, and it was fucking sold out. Even in the restaurant at the hotel, there was, couldn't get in. So we ended up going to a random restaurant and watching it on my phone, which was actually kind of cool. I know, but <laughs> fuck. It was that or nothing. Yeah, literally. I'll lean on my shoulder. Literally. It was, it was all right. It's know? fine. I do that shit with Rosie all the time. Yeah. But like when you plan on going somewhere yeah. to do it. So then McGregor got raped and I was borderline devastated. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're Irish. Because I was a huge McGregor fan up until that point, And what Khabib did to him was horrible. It was a decent fight, but oh, Khabib overpowered him. It was brutal. So I started getting drunk. <laughs> Which I don't really like the regular do. Irish in yeah. you, basically, is what you're saying. The Irishman got his ass whooped, so I started drinking. Well, we had a hotel night. We have a baby. Yeah, you're not driving. This is rare. Yeah. This like, what, three years ago? Probably two. Okay. We're, we got a babysitter. We got a night at the hotel. I'm like, all right, whatever. So I started drinking. We, we go back to the hotel and we're sitting outside. April's like smoking a cigarette outside. There's another, there's this black girl outside smoking a cigarette too, and they start talking. And then this girl, probably about the same age, like she looks pretty normal or whatever. And then she kind of very normal casually, as in like, you're not a tweaker. Yeah. You're not being a creep. No, she's just That's at our the hotel. normal. You have to explain it to the audience yeah, because they're yeah, like, yeah, what do you yeah, mean yeah. normal? <laughs> like, no, bitch, she's not tweaking. Somebody and not, you would see at Hotel Irvine. Yeah. Just a person that's there. Yeah. Regular fucking, she doesn't look like, yeah, not a tweaker, not a creep, just yeah. a regular person who's staying there. So then... She casually lets it slip. Like, I forget how she said it, but she's like, yeah, you know, I do tri- I turn tricks or whatever. And blah, 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 I'm down. I'm going to San Diego. Hey, she just slid it in like one one wood. Like I just mentioned turn to you, <laughs> I got a podcast. We record every Tuesday. And yeah, yeah I have sex with for money. It's cool. So she kind of slid that out there. And the way she did it, we're it kind of flowed with the conversation to the point that, I mean, in my mind, I'm like, okay. But the conversation kind of kept going. 
But then her friend comes. Now, her friend does look like a fucking tweaker. She's about the same age, but she's a white girl. She's got blonde hair. She probably would be pretty if she wasn't a tweaker. And she's acting real fucking weird. Like, so now they're talking back and forth, and we realize... And this whole time, April shit face, too. Mm, right? No, she's drunk? No, not like... But is she drunk? She's drinking, too. But yes. you're fucked up. I'm getting fucked up. But she's definitely more sober than you. Yes. And just happens to yes, be friends with these two much girls. very much so. Yeah, April's social. April yeah. will talk yes. to people. yeah. I would never start a conversation with somebody. Never start a random conversation with somebody. I totally feel you. So, uh, yeah. Nah, leave me alone. So we gather that they're going to San Diego to like. Turn tricks and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And uh, so this like older white dude comes out too. And he starts like talking to us. We're just still like smoking. They're standing there. And you're doing this. I'm sitting there. I'm not I'm yeah, I'm drinking now. Yeah, exactly. I'm not obliterated shit face, but I'm I'm pretty fucking drunk. So now this dude starts going off about how he's a Mongol and he's this badass. He's like a biker dude. I thought this dude was a fucking accountant by the looks of him. <laughs> really. And he's telling these girls he's trying to be a badass in front of these two girls because he's trying to he's he smells these two bitches. He's trying to figure out like so he's talking about how the fucking Mongols run this and that. Now, mind you, I know nothing about biker gangs. I know nothing we about this shit. We talked about the biker yes. with Brian last yes. week. Why random? It is. It's just a coincidence. So he's talking all this shit about them you in a good way. This. Yeah. Keep going. Small detail. And, and meanwhile, he's buying them drinks. I, he's overtly trying to kind of feel them out. He's doing everything but like, bitch, give me a quote. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> bitch, give me a quote. Yo, that's a good. That, stamp it. Comment it. Bitch, give me a quote. How much is ass? Yeah. So it's kind of funny to me, but he is annoying me at the same time. Yeah, he's I'm in not, space. I'm not a part of this. I'm trying to do my own thing here. They probably think you're running all of them. They probably thought April was with them too. I don't. Mm, and they're just. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, my friends. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So, and also now, mind you, so now he's talking to us. They're, he's negotiating with them. But, but now he's negotiating at this he's, point now. He's lightly negotiating. He's negotiating after he bought him a drink. He's like, so what's going to be to go? Like he's asking them and they're like negotiating back with him. Whoa. Yeah. Now there's also another just straight up soccer mom that comes over and sits with us too. That April, like, do you want to come sit with us? Cause like She's her so family social. was sleeping or whatever. She's so, so a real soccer mom is now in the mix. Just sitting. She doesn't know what she got herself into. It's it's entertaining there's a, for there's this bitch. Fucking at this point, it's entertaining going on yes. right in front of yes. her. She doesn't know. So the two girls start kind of like I can see like okay, these bitches are kind of crazy. They're doing some light arguing over this dude, and he's standing there still. He's going back and forth. He's coming back. He's getting drinks. Like ultimately, gotcha. they don't end up doing. They don't end up going back to this dude's room. He bought them drinks. They don't end up going back to this dude's room. Now the girls like. I got some weed up in my room. I remember she said, she said, I got some wedding cake up in my room. The black and white chick. The black and white chick. She's like, let's go get the weed. So me and April. Where's soccer mom? Soccer mom's with us. Me, April, and soccer mom. Shut the fuck up. She comes with us. Oh, she must be hurting for fucking fun. Yes. Her family went to sleep. She went, I'm going to go with these random hookers and couple (laughs) to smoke weed. Yeah. She's like following along now. She's cool. Security is also aware of these bitches. Like, cause I was going to get drinks. I'm talking to security guard. He's like, are these two bitches bothering you back here? They're like, no, they're fine. Like he's, they were aware. And they, this, oh, they weren't staying there. They were, 
Oh, but, but they security must have been was aware of these like, bitches. Oh, yeah. Oh. So we go up to the room. Weird. Yeah. So we go up to the room to get this bitch's weed. And she's dead. So me and April and the mom are like sitting on the couch in the hotel room and they come in. New soccer mom. You. Yes. April. Yes. I'm pretty much blackout drunk at this at point. At this point. You're f- I did have the mindfulness <laughs> to record some of this. It's in my photos Please somewhere. I have to. I could. It's in my photos Please somewhere. Please find it and put it on the screen. Friend to you and have helped you. You want me to go to fucking San Diego and help you save you from your punk ass phone? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? You're a fucking piece of shit. I'm a piece of shit now. Get the fuck out. I'm a piece of shit now. Are you fucking kidding me? Get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. Are you fucking kidding me? I swear. Because there was a moment where I recorded some of this. Yes. I'll try to find it. Uh, they start arguing. The hookers. Yes. And then the black girl grabs this bitch by the hair. Boom, boom, boom. Starts punching this bitch. Out of nowhere? It builds up. I know, but you guys just sitting. looking for the weed. It happens And they're quick. arguing. Yes. And then you guys see, oh. Oh, shit. I pull out the phone. I'm black. I'm bl- I'm you have the fight Yes. I pulled out where they were fighting and recorded a few seconds of it on my phone. Uh, So she starts this. beating this bitch up. The white girl is not fighting back, but the black girl is being very casual about it. Like on some, she's talking to her in a stern voice and then she's fucking punching her and then she's back to explaining to her in a stern voice. <laughs> it was like that. It was kind of weird. Weird. And the, the white girl kind of ate it. Like I could, there was something wrong with this bitch. So the white girl kind of like, something wrong with her. they're fighting, they're screaming. They got somebody in San Diego waiting for them. It's probably not the first time this bitch has punched this other bitch. Me and April are fucking dying at laughing. this point. Security ends up coming in. So you guys are dying laughing. What soccer mom do? I'm not really aware of what she was doing, but she was there. And you're I was, cracking up at this girl get her ass whooped. I was really, really drunk, but I knew it was funny. I knew I, knew I needed to record but it. But I knew it was funny. <laughs> Me and April were laughing. She, it was it was just funny how she was beating her up. So I told you not to fold you like that. <laughs> da, da, da. Yeah, basically, like that type right? Of shit. I'm looking for the fucking weed. Yeah, and punched her again. Yeah, like she wasn't yelling. They were arguing. She was speaking to her very abruptly, and she punched her a few times. Wow. Fucking throw her was around she on a little top bit of her by her hair. Point? She didn't do like ground and pound shit. The girl wasn't She's fighting back. Her up and punching her in the yeah, face. Yeah, that's even worse. Yeah, the girl wasn't fighting back, but she was like manic. So security oh. was like outside. Security ends up they're already in. outside the door. Yeah, they're already knowing. I don't know why they're they're like they're Maybe like because they were loud before beating the fuck out of yeah. each other. Could have been. So you just, you saw so the then, fucking you saw the, the yeah that the, was the breather. one little moment of their little trip. You got the breather outside, and then they went back to fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically, probably. Yeah, these bitches are crazy. So now we go back down in front of the hotel Irvine with this bitch's weed. Hold on, and security comes in, says what. What was the noise? Security like didn't that? make a big deal. We're like, we're, we're going out. We're going downstairs. Something like that. I'm, I'm way too drunk to remember exactly what was said. They didn't like arrest anybody. They didn't break it up. They just were there. So she punched her a few it times. It was one dude. He was probably fucking one of these bitches, to be honest. The security guard. Got you. Uh, he was lurking around. So now we go back and now we're in front of the hotel. I'm kind of remembering like this by like scenes. And as soon as the weed came out. I shouldn't have smoked the fucking weed. Oh, so, so wait. 
she beat her ass and then the security came and you went, don't worry, we got the weed, we're going downstairs. Yes. The white girl, I don't I don't think she came with us. You talking Me? about the soccer mom? No, I'm talking about the, the girl hooker? that was getting punched. So, the not bl- the white hooker. So you're with yeah. the black hooker, April, and the and soccer mom. Soccer mom. She Going stuck around? with the weed, yes. Oh, she's desperate <laughs> yeah. need for some fun. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hold so on, now, soccer mom's a white lady? Uh-huh. Even she looks like a straight-up minivan, like... Love it. Picture next to soccer mom in the dictionary. Love it. <laughs> so you go downstairs, you hit the weed. Uh-huh. I remember, because I was like, oh, wedding cake. That sounds nice. So I'm smoking this joint. Soccer mom's talking to me. I hit the joint, and I'm drunk. Drunk. So now it's like I'm spinning. April's sitting next to me. The security's still back here. We're in front of the hotel. Security's letting you smoke? Yes. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> so we're just chilling. And then I'm talking to her. Puke everywhere in the front of this hotel. So, yeah. Was it the end of the night? It was the end of the night. They shuffled me up uh, up into the room. I thought I was about to have some glorious fucking hotel night with April. You know, that's what I expected. Fast forward to me dry heaving and having the fucking spins. Uh, and nothing happening aside from that. <laughs> Just threw up everywhere. <laughs> Marty, you're the only guy ever to be with his wife, two hookers, a soccer mom, blunts, and throw up and pass out. I mean, probably for the best. Yeah, I was like, probably yeah. nothing else cool could have came of that situation if you guys would have hung out with that girl anymore any longer. Nah, next next up was like, can I live with you guys? Yeah, you guys? exactly. <laughs> Yo, I can clean. I can yeah. do stuff. April, don't worry. No, I, Just drive me wanna... to San Diego. No, and yeah. Let me borrow your debit card. I'm a holistic room. healer, and you have to take me <laughs> to my appointment. Exactly. I know how this shit goes. Yeah. <laughs> you did not go into that much detail when you told me. I'm so happy I asked uh-huh. you to say that. That's the hooker story. So you, so you, that's the night could be became my favorite fighter. That's when you saw black hooker beat up a white hooker. It could be beat up McGregor. McGregor. Yeah. An Irish hooker. An Irish hooker. Yeah. I love this. Yeah, that was a great story. I'm I'm glad I was as fucked up for it as I was because it added to it. Me, if you weren't, you would be like breaking it up and it would have been more serious. Yeah. 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 No, me puking everywhere at the end was a nice touch too. Nice. Yeah, I usually don't get drunk, nor do I get pukey fucking drunk. It's happened like four times. That was one of them in a super classy hotel. Not that classy. The security guard letting I hookers so. chill. Yeah, and I mean, like, well, I mean, hookers are cool. I met a lot of cool ass hookers, and I didn't know they were hookers mm. until like later. I go, this bitch is hooking. I thought she was just really cool. <laughs> I mean, you're still cool, but so, damn. super friendly. Damn. damn. <laughs> I mean, uh, I was with. Magic Don Juan. You know who that is? Yeah, I've hung out with him before. Okay. So you've been with a bunch of hookers before, too, with him? Well, I shouldn't say I've hung out with him before, but I've been around where he's been before. Okay. So he's a pimp, and the girls around him, I'm assuming, are hookers. I met the coolest hooker ever. Escort, lady of the night, whatever you want to call it. Ready? We're in a circle. We're on Hollywood Bull or on Santa Monica at the store. We're in the back and we're smoking weed. I didn't know Magic Don Juan does not smoke weed in his, Out mouth. Of his mouth. I didn't know that. He only smokes it. I in didn't his know nose. that was exclusive. He promised his mom he would stop smoking weed when she was dying. So he goes, Okay. He never said <laughs> nothing about my nose. Jesus Christ. Okay. And I only smoke joints. 
and he only smokes blunts. I never heard the term white boy when it comes to joints. I passed the joint. He goes, oh, I don't smoke white boys. And I went, oh, what a fucking awesome name for a oh, joint. I never heard that I either. never heard that in my life. But I went, oh, that's fine. And he passed it. And I saw him pass the blunt. And I saw him hit it. He knows and went. I'm so glad you passed up on my joint. I would have been kind of pissed if you put that in your nose. Of course. I didn't know. How could you ever I mean, assume? if he does that, that's do your thing. That's cool. On your personal. Yeah, that's cool. Blunts. But that's why he's probably he was like, nah, I'm going to smoke my blunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. he was being cool. I mean, he's a he's a cool dude. Could you imagine he just hands it back, staring in your eyes? Not that. Everyone in his crew hit it through the nose, too. What? Oh, that's just their thing. No, I think they're like, nah, you guys smoke like that, too. The girls, at least. All his girls that were with him. But... <laughs> I was like, wait, and I found out later about the like, is that motherfucker smoking through his nose? So anyway, to the hooker, we're standing there, and this chick with him was mad, cool as fuck. She was hella tight. She wasn't forward, but she was cool. I was with Rosie. We're all me, her, Rosie talking, and I look at her heels, and I go, wait. She's like, a little bit taller than me. Thirty-year-old black chick. I was like twenty-four at the time. She has like a blonde like wig or some shit on, and I'm like, this bitch looks tight as fuck. She looks like she's dressed for a nightclub. It's four in the afternoon. We're smoking mm-hmm. weed at a. I'm like, you look like, oh, you're, oh, you're a hooker. Oh, that's why. Anyway, her shoes had no heel, so she's like, no, nah, so my legs stay strong. She's Jesus. standing on heels. Like a ballerina. And there's no heel. Mm. And she's like, no, nah, she's like a certain type of, like it's a thing to like, keep my leg. I'm like, wow, you're flexing at all Literally. times. And then she's like, yeah, I'm good. And then she like did this ass shake thing when she dropped to the ground on her fucking shoes. And Rosie was like, what the fuck? I'm like, damn, you're strong as fuck. And that was a really cool, cool hooker right there. <laughs> her name was Pepper. Get her on soft white on her belly. Jesus Christ. No, she was a cool hook. She had her shit together. Mm. She's not a soft white on her belly hooker. <laughs> she was awesome. But that was my little hooker story. And she was cool. <laughs> but she was tight. And that She's was athletic. it. Yes. Bro, no heel. The fuck is that? It's like interesting. It's like it's almost like being a like a freelance graphic designer. Like, what Stop. level of stalker are you? What How the much fuck? do you charge? <laughs> like, there's a big chasm. You, you got... just started the sentence. <laughs> like I ha- just to circle, just guys, we're just gonna bring this back. <laughs> being a graphic, being a uh, graphic artist is kind of like being a hooker. How much do you charge? No, it's not at all. It's all the service industry. Okay, the service <laughs> industry. Because you got people out there doing graphics for fifteen dollars. All right. You got hookers out there working at that rate. Yes. And then you got these super high class ones that of are like, course. damn, this looks like a classy woman, but it's super expensive. So there's the parallel. Yo, so <laughs> make sure you make a marker and have your daughter leave the room right before we start this part of the conversation when you're watching this episode. Yeah, no, she might miss those words. Jesus fucking Christ. All right. Yeah. Service. Yeah, it's kind of like being a hooker. <laughs> Stop. Um, Hooker story. It's a good clip. Love it. You from birth to now. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Yeah, I love. I loved it. I, I like. I said I didn't want to ask because there's like eight stories in my head I could think that you've told. Me. I'm like, yo, you gotta tell them the fucking podcast. Yeah, but I'm gonna leave them. I'll leave them. I'll, you say leave them wanting more. Yeah, exactly. Leave them wanting more. We're not gonna get it all I'm out. A of slow there. drip. 
kind of I'm a yeah. slow drip. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like a like for the story times, I was like, I wish I didn't throw eight stories per episode, <laughs> yeah. season one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, why you yeah. still like, ah, oh, let's pace it. Let's pay. That's what we're doing with this. Like, there's more episodes to come. Yeah, we got seasons. There's more stuff. There's seasons. This is season one. So there's yeah, just more yeah. to come. Fuck yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about, man? I don't think so. I think we kind of were right where we, yeah, we're 245, wherever we want to be. Here. Damn. Yeah. 245. The least amount of weed ever smoked. I can't believe I didn't roll more joints, but also good. It helps me remember what I'm talking about. Yes. Also good. Because sometimes I just get lost. Joint. I'm like, wait, it's not like, it's sh- like I lose my memory. Because when we talk about this sober, I'll forget what we talked about. Yeah. It's just so much conversation at once. Mm-hmm. You forget. So I'm glad. Good. Three joints is enough. All right. Um, I think that was it, man. Episode 31. Yeah. How what are we yeah. going to call this episode? I don't know yet. I don't know. What let's am I think. Random quotables. Yeah. Slap in the face to God. Let's, let's call it that. Like uh-huh. your last quote. Mm. Yeah. See, that would have made a hell of an episode title. But we're like YouTube. But YouTube's really not going to yeah. like that. Christian YouTube probably won't fuck with that either. Uh-huh. Um, now we'll, we'll stay off topic. Guys, this is, uh, yeah, it's crazy. It's coming out. On my birthday, your birthday just happened. Mm-hmm. Good timing. Yeah, that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole nother episode. We have we have a bunch of stuff in the works, guys. There's a there's there's stuff happening every fucking day. It feels yeah. like now we're just looking for a booking agent. Mm-hmm. We're just looking for a booking agent. And what else? Oh, we're moving sets. So this oh next week's the last mm-hmm. episode in the set. Okay. All right. All right. We'll Think see about it. I mean. Well, maybe two more. Yeah. Because we want to give a week to prep everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. September is the last time we're in here. It's going to be October. It's going to be October for 100%. And that's when we're going to kick off season two, I think, right? I think so. I think we'll change it to season two. Yeah. Yeah. I think we we should change the season two, especially if we're just moving over. Yeah. It's going to be the same set. It's just a little different. Production value is going to go way up. Way up. The sound's going to go way up. We're in a tighter space. It's not dragging extension cords 45 feet to the Way more professional for guests. To come in and not just see all my inventory. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Um, it's a very chill episode, man. Yeah, hell yeah. I feel like we didn't go crazy. No. Wasn't and nothing wild. I appreciate all the fans' love. Like, you know, I really do. They really show me a lot of love. That, yeah, that, that really is like fuel to the fire. Like I really do think about those comments at times when I'm like super stressed, super tired, or even not. That really does keep me going. Like we get so many amazing comments. I feel bad that like I can't respond to all of them. But bro, you're way more busy than I am. You can't respond to them all. Can't like all. respond to all of them with a meaningful response about how much like I really appreciate it. Like if I respond to you saying I appreciate that fist bump, like I really fucking appreciate that shit. Yeah, it's not like a copy I paste response. Yeah. Which, you know, we're just, I'm, I'm getting a lot more messages and a lot more, that's becoming more in my routine now to interact with the fans. And I love that. That's all I've, that's all I want, even with music. Like, yeah, it just came a different way. Yeah. Which is so wild. Yeah. That's what you're striving for, except you left it. That's to a huge else. life lesson though, because podcasting didn't even exist. I didn't, I could have never said, I want to be a podcaster. No. It didn't even exist. But you work with what's in front of you. And then when you get there, you just know what's right. And you can't be afraid to let go of who you were for like who you want to be. You got to understand you're going to change. It's going to unfold in chapters. You're not going to like the same shit and do the same shit. You're not supposed to, especially when you're on, you're trying to be an entrepreneur and build your own business. 
Yeah. Most inspirational podcast episode of all time, <laughs> motherfucker. All right, this is fucking. This is called Twelve Mile. All right, this is called Twelve. The the, le, the last leg. All right, this is how you're supposed to do it. Damn, damn, it's it's crazy because when I think about it, that was a whole fucking movie we went through mm. just for the characters in your life and the things happening. I could see it. I could totally see it. Yeah, I love it. There's a lot more. We could do a lot more of these. I know that's what I'm saying. Like, ah, this would probably yeah. be about a t- nine-hour podcast if yeah. we really wanted to go. And we could do it, but I'm not going to do that to you guys. Yeah, we'll sprinkle these in once in a while. Yeah, we'll do them once in a while. All right, this is the Marty O'Neill episode or the Marty episode. or The way, the way I like to see it is uh, I don't see a lot of producers, people doing camera shit that have that do online stuff. That You already did that before you were that, so I feel like yeah. it's not like more a producer. It's like co-host when we don't have a guest yeah yeah just that's how i see it. i don't yeah. see it like i see you uh, how do you say it it's it's not like the talk show host with conan and andy richter's there because he's there just to talk sometimes mm-hmm. and he's not really putting an in input we'll have a whole fucking episode of just yeah this nonstop. it's nice to, that i can do that to just kind of switch it up that's I. But I then like when it. there's a guest here, I, I want to let the guest have their time, and like if I'm a part of the cool, if not, the, like it's just whatever happens, happens. Like yeah, no, I'm saying these are my favorite ones though. Yeah, yeah, yo, this is what we'll do on Facetime all the fucking time. Yeah, it's kind of a twofer. Yeah, it right feels like we we would have done this already anyway. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. like last night when I was fucking lifting, I'm like, I just have a 50 minute conversation with Marty in the middle of this. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, I forgot. Yeah, because you got, like I said, like I didn't have any friends when I moved, since I moved here, Yeah, really. So I haven't really spoke about all this shit to anybody. April was there for the whole thing. Ah, uh, so you never said it out loud. I've never. I, why would you? A lot you? of these times we're talking about this shit, it's, I'm like. What I need you to do, I want you to start writing down one sentence from a story and start keeping track. Like, yeah. You know, I'm like, hey, I know what I want to talk about today. Yeah, yeah. Have I think I think you should start having a story, or at least a t- or something, because I like, I like the talking. I like seeing the bounce off and shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one just ran out of time. That one just did too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're good then. Okay. Um. So yeah, I think it's I think it's better. I I every single comment is positive. You know what yeah, I mean, not, oh, yeah. not nobody's like, oh, who's this fucking dude, Mario? Like, no, it's awesome. It's the other person on the show. It just worked out nicely. It's just, I, I love it. I love the way it goes back and forth because I always watch everything as not myself as a person watching yeah, yeah. something. Mm-hmm. Oh, this guy's awesome. It's different because we have the whole dope is Yola push tree shit going on too. So it's like we split our of, time a lot. Yeah, and we're just really immersed with each other, so we know what's going on like three sixty. Yeah, everything. It's not a lot. A lot of other situations. It's like you know, it's like a job. It's like, oh yeah, that's my producer. Hey, like oh, what'd, you, what'd you do this weekend? What'd you do for Christmas? Yeah, yeah, thing? yeah like, exactly. What do you mean what'd you do for Christmas, motherfucker? I was on Facetime with you, yeah, stupid yeah, ass. Exactly. That's how I, it's like. <laughs> yeah. Full. I was there for an hour and a half on Facetime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and like when I first got with Fighter and the Kid and all them, like I wanted that. I wanted. I came from a team mentality with music. I, I was all for but that. But also for them, it's it more of like, we just need a guy to get this done because yeah, we have so much happening. It wasn't time for that. Yeah, yet. it's not a it situation. It was time been. for me to build my clients up. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, now, then it's like. Because they're in positions that we'll be in. And imagine how busy they are gonna they're, they are there as we are right now. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, oh, I know because we came into this as business owners. A lot of people come into podcasting as celebrities, yes, the successful ones. Yes, we're coming. And we're just as business owners I'm the doing first it every producer day. Producer to come in with a full blown business already. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, people come in as engineers. Yeah, the people forget like podcasts. I love it. It takes so much time, but also dope as your channel, my other channel, close all the orders, doing the orders. Also, me and Rosie have to live our life sometime and say hi to each other. I don't want to just be working all the time and I see Rosie at night type mm-hmm. shit. That's fucking stupid. There's a lot more going on than just the podcast. So that's what, dude, I'll forget. I'm like, yo, it's time to fill the podcast tomorrow. Oh, shit. It's fucking. Yeah. Damn, right. that week went by fast. Mm-hmm. Posting the podcast reminds me that, oh, shit, we got to film tomorrow. Mm. I, it's like, because I'm always so fucking busy until I got the schedule. The schedule I got. Did you know I have four days off last week mm. where I didn't film at all? Mm. Four days. Because I did the extra videos that yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, So I had four days where I was just like... And you got videos on the stash. Yep. <laughs> That's never happened. Yeah. I love it so much. Scheduling myself. Get yourself organized and watch your life change for the better. As yeah. soon as I got organized, I went, oh my fucking God, I'm on a schedule. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. Knowing what I need to get done and not going, oh yeah, fuck, oh yeah, fuck. I'll get it to you right now. Oh shit, I'll get it to you right now. And two weeks later, I go, oh my God, I never fucking said I'm a piece of shit. Yes. That's how I've been living my life my whole life, and it's just not good. A little bit of discipline. A little bit. A little bit of time it makes to keep and uphold that thing to be updated. so much. The agendas at school, were you the kid that used it? No. I I never once fucking used it, and I always go, why am I missing all my shit? Yeah. Well, look at the girl over there. Agenda's full. She has straight A's. Yeah. (laughs) Full of notes and dates and... Yeah, for sure. That wasn't me, but now Mm -hmm. it has to be because you're running running all this and running all that, and you're you're organized as fuck. I need to, that's where I'm headed. So it was awesome. Four days off last week. Yeah, Watched movies yeah. twice in a row, two days in a row, went to the movies. <laughs> I didn't know what to do with myself. Oh, yeah, that is right. Yeah, yeah, you're talking I'm about like, that. what do I do with off time? I don't have uh-huh. off time. I didn't know what to do. You got to go live so you can go get more shit to talk about. Well, yeah, I guess that too. <laughs> that too. I mean, even going and seeing new movies and shit. Like, I mean. Oh, man, the last two movies I watched were this shit. So mm-hmm. talk about those next time. Uh, oh, next yeah. week, Freeway Rick Ross. Yes. All right, guys, the next episode is a guest episode, and we will take it from there. Hell yeah. Anything else you want to say? Happy birthday. Thank you. Happy late birthday to Marty. Just passed. Good episode. Oh, good episode. Where's your, where was your uh, uh, on that one, uh, motherfucker? Damn. That's, you should have hit it with your foot uh-huh. as you were doing it. It yeah, scared the fuck out of me. Um, yo, don't they have the little pads? I you can have an extension. Yeah, yeah, I could. I could figure it we'll out. We'll figure this out, up. guys. New set coming. Sick. Fuck yeah! I think that's everything. Oh yeah. Good episode. Thank you so much for everyone out there. Been asking. Here it is. Marty at the table. Finally got it done. Finally figured out how to do it. Both other cameras are dead. It's hard so though. You see, see, we we do have to figure it out a little more. Yeah. But it's a trial run. Yeah, First yeah. one ever. Now we know your life, except we don't know all the pieces in it. We just know the skeleton. So at least we know where you're from. Yeah. Where you came from. Exactly. What was going bit. on. Please pop up some motherfucking pictures in this edit. Mm-hmm. I want the people to see the pictures you <laughs> oh, sent me. I go, oh, Marty, you do not look like Marty. <laughs> I love those pictures. Uh, if you had to blur faces, blur faces. Yeah, yeah. What you eat don't make me shit picture makes uh, me laugh. I have it saved. Nice. I love it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
the jorts, the biggest shorts of all, all time. time. Oh, fuck. Oh, God. You're from East LA with those shorts, bro. Jesus I swear to God. Christ. Um, you look like you're about to do a soldier boy dance in those shorts, man. I love it. I lo- That's wow. times. That's what time it was. 2000 something. Uh-huh. 2005. I get it. Um, for the sake of ranting, I'm going to stop myself. Right. It's been three fucking hours. <laughs> Guys, this has been Marty O'Neill episode. This has been the Jurassic Graphics episode. This is the other half of the show. All right. Here it is. You guys asked for it. It finally got here. Leave a motherfucking comment. Let us know what you guys want to see. Leave a comment. Let us know who you want to see. I think that's about it. Thank you, guys. Everything. Thank you guys so much. Dope as usual. Dot store. Uh, We're having more new merch. As you can see, uh, the unreleased shirt on Marty's. (laughs) It's puff print, so it's really thick. Unreleased push trees hat I see Marty have on. exclusives going. Yeah, we got some new shit. Marty's dripping in unreleased business today. (laughs) Guys, thank you so much for watching. This has been... Another episode of the Dope As Usual podcast from Marty and I. Have a dope ass day. I'm hot. You look like you're about to say something else. It looked like you were nah. about to say something else. You were. I could see. I'm going to just stop for yeah, next yeah. time. Yo, I don't know how, but I got really high off those joints. Right?